This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopgoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. We are raising money for the local artist in Northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 in 2020. And although we're in a new year, bands will continue to struggle to perform like they once did. So grab a shirt, support a band. The proceeds of each sale go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axelrad Screen Printing. Visit them today at axelradarmy.com. My guest today spent a combined five and a half years at The Weekender serving as editor and general manager. She was the one who hired me as an intern at The Weekender, so I'm thankful for her giving me a shot and ultimately my start in media. For those of you who don't know, The Weekender back in the day was the Bible when it came to arts and entertainment in Northeastern Pennsylvania. This one was a bit of a marathon. We got through a lot from how she started at The Weekender in 1999 as editor and eventual promotion to general manager, coworkers who helped make The Weekender what it was, and what The Weekender meant to her, all the way to why she left, where she is today, her family, her friends, and so much more. And for those of you listening to the audio only, I would encourage you to also view this interview on the Popco Project Facebook page or YouTube page. She shared past pictures of Weekender events and Weekender covers that should definitely be seen. I'm thankful for the time she put into this discussion and what she shared with me about the Weekender before I had even started. Welcome to the show, Christy Greer Saruti, or as I will forever know her as, Christy Greer or KG. Christy Greer, KG. How are you, Joe Popko? Good, how are you? Good. Well, actually, now it's Christy Greer Saruti. It is. It is. Every episode I do this with, because again, I'm doing this because we're all um, grownups now and married and all that kind of stuff. But I will always remember you as Christy Greer. That That is, it warms my heart. Because honestly, like my best friend from first grade calls me Greer. She doesn't even call me Christy, so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Christy Greer or KG, one of the two. Yeah, KG is good. <laughs> so what's so going how on? Are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Yeah, 2021. Hopefully the uh, garbage year that was uh, 2020 is behind us. I can't believe you're doing this. This is such an awesome concept. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not new. (laughs) Well, just, I mean, the weekender, bringing all the weekenders. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was... I mean, it was one of those things. (laughs) I got you. I understand now. Yeah, it was like, I was you know, I started this and I'm like, how can I make this a lot of fun for, um, me? And then I got to thinking, it's like, how did I get to where I am today? And how did I get to where, you know, I'm talking on a microphone, uh, hopefully people hear it and enjoy it, but, and it all started with the weekender. And then I got to thinking, you know, like, I feel like that's a place that everyone really, really enjoyed. Um, and it kind of, started all of our careers in one way or the other, whether it's we we all stayed in that kind of, uh, you know, entertainment media or different kinds of media, or we said, you know what, this is not for me. Let's get out of here. (laughs) So, but thanks for doing this. Yeah. I felt I, I wanted to have you as the first guest because to me, like you were, you were the person that kind of gave me 
my start in 2004 as an intern. So I, I thought, what better way to uh, kick it off with other than you? But uh, I guess you had some research to do. I did. And plus, I'm always late. Like, I couldn't be first because my MO is, you know, even after X many years, I'm always, like, late. I can't So, <laughs> you just follow up. So, did did you teach Rachel Pugh how to be late, or did Rachel Pugh teach you how to be late? <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, stories she tells me when she was a kid, I feel like we... we have the exact same. I think we were a match, a perfect match. I think we were both just equally, but the risky part is now when we ever have to catch a flight together, there's like five different alarms. She's I'm usually later now. She's usually. Oh, no. Wow. Well, that's not good. Cause she's always, always. <laughs> what is going on with this microphone? I don't know. It's awesome. No, it just like cut out on me again. Can you hear me? No. Yeah. Sorry. All right. It's like so, serious business there on your end. Oh yeah. Like, oh. High tech, very high tech. <laughs> a Yeti microphone. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll have a studio for real. You will. I but feel like for now, for now, I'm just going to sit in, in my uh, downstairs basement bar and well, look like I'm in a castle, I guess. And I love it. <laughs> so what's new? What's exciting? What's, uh, what's going on with Christy Greer? Um, trying to think like, so, you know, it's, um, I'm going to start with this week because you, you gave me, so I felt like I was on a mission and I, I, I had the most fun this, the, this week because I was actually talking to like so many, um, people who were in my life at the weekend, their time and, you know, still are, but like, I don't talk to them every day and. I was doing research, like I said, and, you know, so I talked to Joe student. I talked to Shelby Rowetter. I talked to my old roommates who <laughs> were like dragged into every, and Matt's Rudy, obviously, because we met while I was, um, GM at the weekender and he, you know, he, he was on a cover once he lives with me still today. So oh, good. That's good. <laughs> he liked me enough to like continue the, the relationship there after all those years so but you know everybody so I have to tell you this because I've been watching your your videos it was so great to see you know Mike and Tiffany and Leslie and um I feel like there's like a, th a common theme when people talk about it but even like Shelby last night she said it and she it made me she said that she felt like there was like a, a it was magical like it was a weird magic that like and, and everybody, I almost feel like everybody says it was their favorite job. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's in, it's in my top three. Yeah, for sure. You have to I say like your, being, your current you know, job right now is probably your favorite, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I you think have to it, say that, right? the weekender, the weekender was just like, all like fun. Even yeah. when it was work, it was always fun. I mean, dentists are fun. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm working at, um, at Banco Dental and it's sort of like a national um, dental distributor. So we sell dentists everything from interior design of their offices to toothbrushes for their patients to drills and stuff that's scary. So, um, but I don't, um, I don't make anything there except for the blog. I write a blog called The Daily Floss, which is just like, 
Rachel and I debated many times. So Rachel's my boss now. Right. So all the all those years later, um, and she actually got me to Banco, which was cool. And um, and so I uh, we work on a magazine together for dentists, which again is more exciting than you think. But I learned a lot, and um, our magazine is uh, we work with Forbes when we put it together. Oh, cool. And so Randall Lane, you know, I got to meet him, the, you know, chief content officer there. And he's just legendary, I think, across the board with media and everything and um, and his team. But um, I laugh every year because we have an event in New York City, not this year, called um, We Take the 40 Under 40, America's Best Dentists, which, you know, it's all different Um, criteria but we they come to New York they converge and so my job is to like interview them and you know do social media of the event and live coverage and it always makes me think of like the model of the year party I don't know why because (laughs) you're like planning you know for almost like you know 10 months and um, everything leads up to it and then it's just like okay it's it's organized chaos. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's definitely, um, you know, it doesn't help that the backdrop is New York and it's always a different fun venue, but the dentists love it because no one ever, they tell me like they take care of people every day, but no one ever, no one ever takes care of you when you're a dentist and does your hair and makeup. And, you know, so we have stylists and so much like the weekender models of the year party, right? right? And then in the model where somebody was styling them, I don't know if it was us, but it wasn't us. There was a lot of style (laughs) that wasn't in the budget. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Well, why don't we start off with uh, the weekender? That's what we're here to talk about. Um, I know uh, you were the GM of the weekender um, when I was an intern there in 2004, but I think you were the GM for three years total. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what did you do? Were you with the, the times leader before that as well or? Yep. So I was a copy editor and a page designer. So I was at the Times Leader from the minute I I um, graduated from King's. And um, so it's funny because the weekender and my first job at the Times Leader tie together because the man who interviewed me, um, Bob Kelliger, he used to be the VP there. Um, he was the person who was you know, brought in Jim McDonald. So they were kind of like the duo. He was like the, you know, times leader business side of it. And they, you know, Jim McDonald had the, the concept. And so they brought um, the weekender to life, which, you know, I mean, there were papers like that in, you know, Philadelphia, like the Seattle and New York, but there was nothing. Um, I remember. Um, so my first my first moment with the weekender and I don't have the cover, but I wouldn't show it anyway, because I feel like there was a lawsuit about it at some point. Um, my first time holding a weekender was like the very first weekender. So I was like 21 or 22, 22. And um, the weekender was being launched. And this, this note went up on the wall because that's where the daily memo was because there wasn't, you know, I don't even know that we all, I mean, we had computers, but they were, they were sketchy. And this note went up on the bulletin board and it said, um, you know, wanted um, volunteer, you know, 
employees from, you know, to, to hand out a new, new type of publication evening, you know, Wednesday evening, um, you, you'll get movie passes and, and $25 if you hand it out. And so my roommates and I, there were three of us were like, Hey, we're doing this. That's $75. I think we have to check with Bob. If it was 25, it could, it could have been 10, but we still would have done it because, you know, you have to pay your rent and movie passes. Back right? then, I mean, 10 bucks was like <laughs> 50 bucks now. Right. Yeah. That was like two movies or three. And, uh, and plus the movie passes. So sure. it was, it was a date night at least. Um, so we, we went to, you know, we're all, we're just psyched, you know, everybody at work, but hardly, I feel like it was a really small group of people from the times leader, like not that many people signed up and I'm just like, why isn't anybody signing up? So we go there and they give us like, you know, newspaper bags. And I think I ended up on the corner by all the banks in on market street, you know, that little Franklin and market. Yeah. Yep. And so then they handed us the weekender. So the cover, right, was, um, you know, if, if anybody doesn't know the first cover, it was an exotic dancer. And, it, you know, it was a girl in a bikini, but it said, you know, and her parents, I guess, didn't know that she did that um, work. And um, so when we had, you know, years later, the 10th anniversary, I guess there had been like a don't ever, you know, print this again, because she was probably like a mom and, you know, working, I don't know, at a bank or something. And she, she was just like, don't print it. So I feel like we've gotten in trouble several times for rerunning the cover. But, um, but that night, um, it, people like not everybody was like digging it, you know, people were like, what, you know, so I'm like this 21 year old girl handing out this paper with like a, you know, girl in a bikini that says she's a dancer. And, you know, some people were just like, thrown it, you know, and other people were like, whoa, what's this, you know? And so it was, you know, it was a fun. And so the best part was that at the time, the Times Leader and the Weekender, the parent company was Disney. (laughs) So there was also like, (laughs) there was a little kerfuffle, I think about like, what is this paper that, you know, that Wilkes-Barre papers putting out and, um, but it, it survived, you know, like it made it. And I mean, I think that as a kid, I mean, I was from Hazleton. And so, you know, coming to Wilkesbury was like the big city. And so when you would come here, and then even as I, I went to Kings, and th- there really wasn't anything like that, right? Would you like agree even when you were? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, there was like the daily papers had like a little half page of like, bars and I think there was like soundcheck, which was like more of a music magazine, like that Lynn Carey um, put together, but, um, from jitterbugs and, um, it was, so it was really exciting. Cause I think people, it was definitely something that was needed. Absolutely. Um, I remember one time the weekender got kicked out of Turkey Hill <laughs> I remember. and that was not, not even that bad. It was just, uh, it was like underwear. Right. And there was a girl, a girl, I think it was Katie, Katie Gross uh, at the time had like her hands like on like kind of grabbing the butt. Yep. If I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. And they, they kicked us out of Turkey Hill. Yeah. I, and now I you think... have songs on the radio uh, like <laughs> WAP or WAP. Yeah, right. I know it was like, it was such a different, um, although when I was looking back at the archives and I don't have any pictures, like I said, of the older ones. So there were like crazy things in it. Like there was a restroom review and they would rank like 
you know, good or filthy bathrooms like all over town. That's a, that's a great idea, but I'm sure it didn't go over well. It didn't. It didn't. But I mean, people loved it. I mean, I don't know if it went over with the dirty restaurant rooms. I'm no. sure there's somebody got, you know, that it was a good one. But there was, I think there was like somebody, there were pictures at least in our 10th anniversary promo. And there's a like condom man. And it was like a guy in like a condom costume. I mean, I feel like they really, um, like News of the Weird, which was every year when even, you know, after I was there, I guess when it was about the Weekender was so 2003, 1993, like 12 years old, maybe. And um, when we had the anniversary, but people, the whole, my whole tenure, everyone loved News of the Weird. It would win like best, like everybody be really like depressed because people be writing like the best story or the column and Vinny Gaglioni's horoscopes and the News of the Weird would always get the top vote and model, model right. of the week, right? Right. So, yeah, I'm actually going to be talking to Jim McDonald next, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah, he agreed to do this. So I'm excited for that. What's he doing now? Did I have no idea. That's what we're going to find out. All right. I ran into him oh, um, over the years because later, and I mean, we can talk about that later, but I, um, so before Banco and after the weekender, I um, mean a group of Bob Kellier, the guy who hired me at the times leader, he was, he was from Philly and he lived in Levittown, which is in Bucks County. And he called me and was like, Oh, you know, the weekenders doing really great. I still keep up with it. You know, Jim and I stay in touch and uh, I want to launch a paper like that here in the suburbs of Philly. And um, so, you know, ended up like, I think at the time Jim was uh, running maybe Metro, which was, you know, like the paper that was on all the subways in near Philly and stuff. And he may have done it in other markets, but that was, I remember that. I remember asking Bob what he was up to and he said that they stayed in touch. So that's cool. Yeah. So you, you became the GM of the weekender. I mean, what did that mean to you? Because I, I asked that question because I remember when I was an intern in 04, I said to myself one day, I want to be the GM of this, this weekly. So, and I know, I know what it meant for me, but what, what did it mean for you? And, and, you know, you spent three years as the GM, like talk a little bit about, you know, just the, the, the three years there and, and kind of sure. maybe, maybe, maybe the stamp that you left. Okay. Um, well, I feel like, um, so when I first got there, it was as editor and I did that for, I guess about a year and a half. And then, um, the sales manager and I were kind of like equals and, and then they decided, I guess after a while, they were like, we really need a GM again, because at first they just wanted to like, you know, we both had, I guess the same level of experience in our own areas. And um, so, I mean, a, I was really excited to be promoted to that role, but I was sort of terrified because the editor job, you know, that was the, when I got there as editor, that was the first time I was ever a manager. Um, and it was like a small, I mean, it was like, you know, one staff writer, like an editorial assistant and an intern. So, I mean, I, I was still managing a couple people. Um, and, and that was enough. And then I was managing like this whole elaborate list of, you know, contributing writers. And that was really funny because, you know, you kind of get to realize that um, the power of it is even though your staff is really small and 
like the intern aspect, you know, with you, um, you know, it seems like an arm, like a tiny army because these, there's all these contributing writers, you know, somebody writes about theater and somebody writes about movie reviews and, and somebody does like album reviews and bathroom reviews. I get not when I was there, but, um, the bat, not the bathroom, but you know, food reviews and like you, your music specialists. And I, I just feel like there's a ton of people who they really love it. You know, like they're doing it for like what, I don't know when you were there, when I was there, I think it was like $25 a story. Yeah. It didn't go up much over the years. <laughs> Sadly. Um, because I mean, it's, it's funny because it's so much work. Like you don't realize even, um, at the, at the community weekly that I was working owned by the times leader was like the Abington journal up in Clark summit. I mean, it was the same thing up there you might have to cover a meeting, you know, even for a daily paper that lasted like two and a half hours and then go home and write about it. And it was like $25. I mean, that's, you know, you have to love it if you're yeah. going to, if you're going to do that for, for $25. So I think that was kind of cool is that like people, it was almost like a, a tight knit people who really felt passionate about it. Um, and so the, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my notes, right? That's fine. Um, Cause there's so many, I mean, it was funny because there's so many things that, um, well, I was okay, excited so the, to talk, I was excited to talk to you too, because like you were there obviously before me. So like, there's, there's parts of the weekend that I don't even know about because, you know, I wasn't there. Um, so like, it's cool to kind of get a lesson and, and like as an intern, I, I saw you, but like, and it's funny too. I was thinking, I don't think you're that much older than me. And if you are, you don't look it. So good for you. Uh, <laughs> but like as a 21 year old intern, like I, I always thought that you were like this, like, you know, older person. Right. <laughs> um, and I remember you called me up. I was done with my internship. Uh, I did the summer before. So it was probably like May to August. And then you called me up and had me um, man the phones. I think it was on black Friday <laughs> around Thanksgiving time because you, you, want, you wanted to give the staff the day off, but people needed, someone needed to be there to, to answer phone calls or whatever. So I did that. Um, but then by the time I was hired full-time, you're already gone. So yeah, like- I'm, So you were there after me. So we kind of had this like nice window where we were kind of like in that same, you know, bubble, like when you were an intern and I was GM. You know, I remember, so you, so first of all, I have pictures tonight of you. Oh I'll share my screen, but, um, in a little bit, but I, I remember you were like, um, you were so, you were really dedicated. I mean, even then, like you were at Kings and I went to Kings. So I was like, Oh, you know, Kings, but you like, I'll, I'll never forget one of the first things I remember about you was so Monday holidays, you know, for an intern, you know, you get the school holidays still, like you're not like a staff member, so you don't have to work and Monday is like the busiest day at the weekend or next to Tuesday, because Monday is when everything gets put together. And then Tuesday, um, all the Monday, all the content gets ready and Tuesday, then it all gets actually built. And then Wednesday it comes out. So I remember asking you, I think I was like super desperado, like, so John, what are you doing on Monday? <laughs> I was just like, it was spring. So it could have been president's day. Right. And you, you were like, why? And I was like, oh, you know, I think we have, like, I have a bunch of stuff to do for deadline. You know, you want to 
stop in for a couple hours on your day off school holiday day. And you were like, yeah, like you didn't even, I remember you didn't even think twice about it. And I mean, maybe you were thinking twice about it in your head, but you like came in and you hung out like really long time. And like, we got to know each other and I felt like you, um, like you cared already. Like you were an intern. It was like really new, but you, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember that, but like, I actually don't, which is crazy. Cause like, I have a really great memory, but as I'm getting older and my head is getting filled with uh, blippy and uh, dinosaurs, uh, <laughs> that, that that stage of my life is that the memories are fading away. So that's why I'm also doing this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right with you know how I felt as far as like my dedication and and I was all in, and that's how I am with really everything I do. Um, it's just how I've I don't know if I was you know that's how I was raised, but like. I, I jump in like, you know, I, I, I'm 110% all the way. I always say that I would have got a tattoo of the weekender logo. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm glad that I didn't, but if I had, and you know, things ended the way they did, I wouldn't be embarrassed or I wouldn't regret it by any means. I always said I used to, I would, if you stab me, I would bleed at little red W's. Ah, I, I think you, I, I totally even back then, like first semester intern, I felt like that. And um, so the cool thing I remember about you was I felt like you were one of the first interns who was a guy. And the, the semester, it was like, so we had editorial intern. And then I think at one point we had a sales intern um, who was a guy as well. But everybody, there were a lot of women. And you, it was you and two girls and I was looking through the publisher's boxes. I wanted to find like your first one and I have to, can I share my screen? I'll show you the picture. Yep. Wait, okay. So this is. Yeah. It was Jessica and Ashley were the two yep. girls. And I don't know where Jessica is, but Ashley is still friends with me on. Yeah. She Facebook goes by. And- Ashley Meadows now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Connor. I think her last name now is Tompkins or Tompkin. Hold on. Trying to make sure my screen's not too messy. I'm like the queen of a million windows. Um, My desktop's a mess and yeah, I have a thousand windows open too. Um. But yeah, I mean, this, it's funny because like this, you know, the weekend had a lot of females as staffers or interns. Um, oh, you have then, to let me share my screen. It's absolutely. Saying, yeah. I'm just kind of filling the space. Okay. No, but it's saying you, it's disabled. Oh. Host, the host is disabled. So what? <laughs> oh no. I can tell, I can always um, screen cap them and put them in the chat or something, but yeah, try Try that. Okay. So, um, I'll go to like a closer zoomed in one then. Um, so you had the, uh, here, you should be able to do it now. I should. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Um, all right, let's try it again. All right. So. This is like, I found three pages right off that, but this one. Okay. So here you are 2004. You got your oh, little yeah. 
And then these are this Ashley, Jessica, right? right and then yeah. um, Christina, Christina. Yep. who was our, you know, marketing coordinator. And I, his name is escaping me, Mark. but from BHT, right? Yeah. Was it Maniac Mark or Manic Mark or <laughs> Mark something? Mark something. Yeah. And then wait, I got another close up one. So there you are with Ashley. And there's Matt Cerruti, it, actually. Oh, yeah. Is that Mike G up there? The top? Yeah, this is Mike G. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we have, I have some good, some good Mike G stories, um, but not bad ones. Um, and then there you are. Woo. I remember that. Yeah. And look, we had like little W tattoos. Yep. So how about that? Like you, you. Uh... And it's funny too, because like I was not like the internship at the Weekender. Um, not that I'm like this outgoing person now but i mean when i got there i was not um uh, an outgoing individual at all and i have to give props to jessica and ashley because um if it weren't for them they were they were totally cool you know like and and we spent a lot of time at bars too so like a lot of patrons and bars are typically you know if you had to you know break it out you know by percentages probably 70 30 male to female Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 60, 40, but it was more male. And like, you know, it was just kind of like weird for a, a guy to like, it, it, I just felt like it was easier for a girl to go up to, to approach guys and say, Hey, we're doing this fun thing because that's just, you know, kind of how it yeah. is. But guys but, are going to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I remember the three of you almost like, I feel like it was in the hallway of whatever bar and you guys had your t-shirts on and like the main role. Now I could be wrong because like my memory is probably not as great as it once was either. But I mean, what would you say? So from what I remember of the marketing interns had to get models and men to sign up and take their pictures, right. Mm -hmm. Ask them the questions. And first, when you got there, like hang the banners, yep, like gigantic roll of banners. You had to have, and then the, you know, I was talking about this with Joe student and Shelby Roeder and and Rachel and I I don't know if any of us can specifically remember how like summer deck parties I know how we gave the prizes away but just at a regular night out like do you remember like how we gave away like the t-shirts or like if we had tickets or something like what did we do um what did we what do games did we have games or did you know just this random? was you were already gone at this point but I remember being at Gonda's and we did baloney darts Rachel remember that because she was like that was like <clears throat> maybe her claim to fame in her own mind was she just wanted to do like baloney darts she she and I think she got the idea from uh, King of Queens and she just wanted to play baloney darts so uh, we just had a, a whiteboard and we drew a, a bullseye thing on it and we went to the store and got baloney <laughs> and we we had people toss toss uh you know slices of baloney at the, this board people did it they had fun. Yeah, I think that somewhere like the competitive spirit comes out in people if, you know, to get like a, I don't, I wouldn't say it's any t-shirt. And that's why I think the Weekender is powerful because like a Weekender t-shirt, it's like we didn't have a ton of them. You know, no. our budget was not huge. And I remember that it was like we guarded them, you know, especially like the special ones. I almost, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Matt Cerruti has it somewhere and I know it's in the attic, but my favorite one was like a green St. Patrick's Day, it was like a baseball shirt and yeah. there was a big Celtic W, yeah. you know, I think Nicole DePaulo might have designed that. 
And um, Paul Paul. Yeah, I remember her. She was she was a designer when I was an intern. Yeah, and she's like, I think she's like Joe was saying she's like a published author now. And really? I, I mean, yeah, and I have like I feel like we, you know, so we all kind of got like those same, you know, scrappy, you know, underdog start, you know, at the weekend. It was like a little, you know, it seemed like little, but it was it was it got to be really huge. And and then, you know, everybody went in so many cool directions, like you were saying, like either stayed in, you know, publishing or entertainment. And then some people like did completely different things. And I think it's kind of exciting to see like where, um, where people end up, but. Um, Is there more? Oh, what's that? Is there more here? Oh, Yeah. So, okay. So not, now not you specifically. So, so the, the one event that I was going to, that I was going to say, I know how we gave things away. Uh, so the weekender deck series we came up with, cause it's what, like warm here for like two hours. Yeah. in Northeast. <laughs> And so everybody wants to go to the outside bars. And I remember we sat around thinking like, what can we do? And like, we got the idea, like now you see them, it'll have like all the locations. Like I think they used to have them at the shore, like all the, the bars, you know, the locations and and the sponsors on the back. And so, um, we, we came up with this, we got sponsors and we came up with the summer deck series, but we were like, Oh, you know, how can we make it fun? <laughs> and yeah, I just remember like, you know, we, it, I think it was, this is a joke. Like, we're like, okay, well we have to make it, how could it be a summer deck party? And we're like, we need to do like games that you would play at your like family reunion. And, you know, so we're like, egg toss and everybody's like oh, no one will do an egg toss <laughs> so then we got to like hula hoop and we're like you know everybody do hula hoop and Shelby I have to say like there's you can you see Rachel in the top yep. picture here um so Shelby is um she's in this picture somewhere I think she's below down here but she was like the star hula hooper so if ever we couldn't get people going like she could just hula hoop for like three days like that was like a huge like like I did not I could not do the hula hoop really well but we did so we're like okay hula hoop limbo easy enough and then somehow we came up with pass the fruit and I yep. feel like was that one of your jobs to go get fruit like yep. before the I, I would yeah I would get the the corporate card and I would have to go buy fruit <laughs> bananas pineapples I think it was uh then smaller pieces like oranges or whatever um, yeah kiwi really small kiwi yes yep yeah my favorite I, one was do you remember I don't know if you it was like it was probably like a new fruit. Like you probably had to get it at like Wegmans, but it was like the horned melon. It was like orange and it had all these bumps. I, and I remember that like thinking like, oh, this will be fun. And like people would get hurt. Like they would be <laughs> like, it was almost like a cactus, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, people, people, you could see these people with the banana. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was just like really, it was just fun. And people, and some, I mean, a lot of people didn't know each other, you know, so it was almost like a match, you know, people could match up, but you could, for that one, you could win like concert tickets to Montana. Right. Right. You know, it's funny so. too. Like I'm looking at these pictures now in the state we're in. Um, and this, this is like, you know, transmission of the virus uh, <laughs> to its, its fullest extent. I know. It's like, <laughs> it was, there's people, for those of you listening, uh, there's people passing fruit with their necks, um, and just people having a good time. I miss those days. Uh, yep. and, and even when things were not, uh, full of COVID, I mean, stuff like this does not happen anymore. 
No, this was, it was definitely like a time when, I don't know, like it was, I think people were just up to, you know, up for a lot of, of fun. Like, I don't think everybody, because there wasn't, I mean, I would say some of it, right. Would you think that some of it was because there wasn't like social media yet? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, other than the weekender, like this was kind of like social media, but we didn't put captions. Like we didn't put people's names, but I feel like it was like, you either were excited that you got your picture in the look what you missed oh, yeah. section, well, or it, you no, were like, don't take my picture. Yeah. And that's, you got that a lot too. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, <laughs> don't take my picture. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, like the weekender was the social media. The weekender told you like what was going on where. And then like you were able to see like, oh man, like I wanted to go to that part or that that deck series last Friday and I didn't go, but you know, here's a bunch of pictures and look what I missed. Um, and, yeah. And it really, I think people were like, so, um, okay. So now I have, since we're talking about weekender being like the first social media so when i was talking to um to shelby and joe um we kind of came up with things and i have i'll credit them for like the stuff that they they gave but like you you should talk to them we were saying like i begged them to come on with me i thought it'd be funny because we were like they were like both like associate editors together when i was gm but shelby was there before me like i walked in and i mean you know it's always tough when like new like the new regime takes over like i'm not sure everybody's always wants to leave and it's it's tough so i feel like you know i will say i want to say this the people who came before me when i launched when joe and because joe student actually moved to philly and our one intern, Margot Christensen, she was a weekender intern from Scranton. And she came down to Philly when, when we were down there. To Philly Edge was the name of our paper down there. And mm-hmm. I had, I mean, I always had respect just even passing from passing it out on the corner, like the weekender. But when I launched, when we launched it, you know, as a team, like I had never made a distribution route and like hired people to like drive, you know, do the distribution. and. I mean, came up with the logo, like Joe Student came up with the logo for Philly Edge. And I feel like it was like the whole team, even just hiring people, no one knew what the hell it was, right? Down in, in Philly Edge. And so it was like when like when I got to the weekender, you know, when you walked in somewhere and said, like, oh hey, I'm with the weekender, like it was like 85% chance that people knew what you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But in Philly, like in the suburbs, like people were just like, who the hell are you? Right. And like, you know, you have to be like at the Turkey Hill, like, Hey, can we bring this here every Wednesday? And I think just because we wanted to continue like the hellish Tuesday, Wednesday theme, like we, we had the same deadlines, but so when we were down there, I mean, the, one of the first things that struck me was like how hard that had to be for the first weekender like the first teams, you know, the people who launched it. And then like, maybe the first, like, I don't know, like the first like five years, at least I would yeah. say, you know, and, and even like before, right before I got there, like, I know, um, you know, Tom Oberzit was the GM before me. And I mean, he launched a paper in Allentown afterward. And so I feel like, you know, it's almost like you want to do that. Like you want to be like, can I do this like from scratch? <laughs> And it's hard, like, it's so hard because people are like, I don't know who you are. I never, I've never heard of this paper. And I mean, it took us a while in Philly, but I felt like we did um, 
crazy things kind of like the weekend or like one. And so I, um, one time we got our intern and I was thinking this would have been perfect for you, John, our intern there sang the national anthem at like a triple a baseball game. And we were handing out like the prototype. It wasn't even the real paper. And, um, and I thought like, I bet the Weekender interns would have loved to sing the national yeah, anthem. If, if you asked me to do that, I, that's that's <laughs> probably when I would have like quit my my unpaid internship. <laughs> she was. I mean, like, the, nope. uh, It's yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it either. I mean, I don't. Um, I mean, I used to do. You know, I mean, don't tell my dad, but I used to have to do like a shot before I got up to introduce a band. You know, like I'm. I'm not like I talk a lot, but I'm really not like a person who like wants to get up on stage or. I mean, God forbid, sing and definitely it's not easy. No, definitely not. I, I mean, I've done it probably a thousand times, and I'm still. Uh, it's not something I want to do. But some people live for. I mean, honestly, some people are like naturals, and I remember um, uh, when I came back from Philly, and I was working at the in Clark Summit at the Abington Journal. It was like a community weekly, and we would have a best of the Abingtons, which was like the Weekenders' readers' choice. And I called Rachel one day. She was working in marketing at the TL Times Leader, and also GM of the Weekender. And I was like, "Hey, can you do me a big favor? Can you like wear something cool and come up and MC the best of the Abingtons?" And she was like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because I just." I, I hate doing it. Like I love the people and I would walk around all night. I would take pictures and I like to like, you know, give out their awards, but I just really hate like the microphone thing. So when you have that giant microphone, even though you're not in singing the national anthem, I I'm impressed. Cause does it make you nervous? Does the microphone make you nervous? Uh, I, yeah, I definitely, well, <laughs> it's a little nerve wracking. Well, you're the, you're the second person who has commented on my large microphone. <laughs> It's significant. It's significant in size. <laughs> um, That's the first time anyone's ever told me that. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I feel weird because you were like the intern when I was there. It seems like wrong to say that. Well, no, um, well, that's funny. It's, it's like you don't have to tell me how old you are unless you want to. Yeah, we'll think. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right, because I just, I know, I just like it's 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 funny how like when you know time goes on and like. And I was just like timid, like young intern. I was like very, uh, well, I wasn't outgoing at all. And I just, I just viewed you guys. Cause you know, you had full-time jobs running this cool paper. And I was like, you know, like I just had you guys on this, like this level. And not that I don't still hold you guys to a high standard. Cause I definitely do. But like, it's cool that like, we can like talk about, you know, just life now and, and not be like, yeah you're my boss and I got to like, listen to what you have, what you say. And, <laughs> uh, and it just, it's, yeah, you can hang up. You can mute me at any time tonight, John, you got the power. <laughs> I, I could do that. Can't I? Yeah. <laughs> Don't mute me, please. My, no, I would my never husband and, and my daughter, like, I think do that to me like a lot. No, I wouldn't. Um, okay. So I have to go back. So trends. So the weekender social media. So Shelby and Joe, we were talking about all the things that the weekender was you know ahead of the trends on and so one thing so I when I was there one of the things I started they had food reviews for sure like they did wing reviews and I know Tom did like under five bucks like cheap lunch kind of thing but I wanted us to do like a kind of like a sit down places and we came up with the idea of having it be like a mystery person and I I didn't ask permission 
from all the people who were Mr. Ladle. It was spelled weird. It wasn't like a ladle that you, it was L-A-E-D-E-L. But like so many different people did it. But for the first like couple people who did it, I would go along because I would, you know, pay for it with the company card. And my job was to take our digital camera and take pictures of the food. But like you, nobody was doing like food selfies. Shelby, Shelby and I were talking about that, like food selfies, everybody takes pictures of their dinner and stuff. Nobody did that. So I used to have to honestly, and I've already told you that I hate to sing. So I used to have to sit there and pretend it was like Mr. Ladle person I was with birthday. And I'd be like, pretending to sing happy birthday and taking pictures, like pull the camera out, take pictures of the food. <laughs> oh, gee. And, and like, you can't even fathom that now. Like, it's like, how, every, like your, your camera is, or you your do. phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you have pictures of everything, you know? And so that was crazy. So I feel like we were on the, Shelby said we were on the cutting edge of food selfies. Um, reality TV. So when I was the weekender, it was like the first ever I feel like Survivor and the first ever Bachelor was while I was at the Weekender. And so we came up with like a local Bachelor and we got like, you know, people who were, um, you know, celebrities in the area. There was like a, I think there was like a penguin. I know there was a penguin who did Survivor, like Dennis Bondi. And I feel like we had, um, you know, like TV personalities and stuff. And, but for the bachelor one, I remember asking like three women, one was, um, I like TV, I think it was Jane Adonisio. One was, um, Gus Gennetti's wife who actually, um, I feel, I felt so sad because the picture she, she died last week. I was really sad. So I was oh, sorry. Wow. I know. And, um, and she, and the other one was Paige Belitsky and she does like, she's big in the theater scene, like still in Lackawanna County. And so we ran like these bachelors and each week, you know, we talked to like two of them and then the moms would rank them. Like these women would be like, no, I would never let my daughter go out with him. No, he's kind of a jerk or like, I mean, it was funny. Like the guys put themselves up and survivor. It was almost like um, a comm- reader vote, you know? So like it would be each week two people, like you'd have to vote for people who you wanted to stay in the weekend or survivor. And then at the end, there was like a big party at the woodlands. And, um, but I always remember, I think it was down to like the penguin and like Don Randazzo. I want to say like, I, I don't want to get it wrong. I was so afraid to like get things wrong, but she was like a, she's, she's in the area. And at the time she was like the, probably the most, she was like the mayor of the woodlands. Like she was the bartender and everybody knew her. And so she she was up against a penguin and I want to say she, I think she won. I will have to ask Don, Don, like she'll have to put a comment. I'll tag Don in the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, tag, tag, tag Don. But, um, okay. So, so reality TV, um, the food selfie, um, okay. I'm going to show you a couple crazy covers. One was, and this was Rachel Pugh's best friend. And she said that I could totally show the picture. Um, she, um, it was liquid latex. So we did a cover on this clothing fad that was like wearing kind of like the sports illustrated models, you know, when they would just paint a bikini on them in the sports illustrated issue. Christy, you did major homework. I am impressed. (laughs) So there's like the, there's the bachelor. And then this year was that, uh, you know, the bachelor was, 
The Bachelor was definitely 1999. Oh, okay. Was because I was, it, I was, it was like my first, like I was there in the fall of 99. So I feel like it was either 99 or like right into the beginning of 2000. And, um, and we had like swingers, but okay. So this is my favorite one over here. This is one of, it was, it was a trend. So I had gone on vacation with my best friend to London. And when we were there, I, we were at a bar. So first of all, like all the beer you drink, like warm in London, like room temperature. So that kind of grossed me out. Cause I like my, I like cold beverages. Right. And, um, the one bar we went to, somebody handed us a can and they were like, Oh, here, this is new. Try this. And I think it was like, it was Red Bull mixed with vodka, but it tasted like Smarties and like candy. And I was just like drinking them. And the next day I was really sick. <laughs> and so I come back and like a month later, we get a call from Verastro uh, and in the distributor. And they were like, Hey, you know, see, um, Ken Cooney, I remember was like, Hey, can you guys, do you ever hear this Red Bull? You want to do it? You know, can you run a picture of it or whatever? And we were like, I'm like, I know what that is. Wait, it's like, so Shelby, she, it, she found like, um, I think there was one story like in like, I don't know, time or like, you know, like a Rolling Stone or something. And she, she, she sourced it, but she, she also like found a whole bunch of other sources and it, the story ended up getting picked up. They paid the Times Leader. Like it was a, a website called Alternet and they picked up our Red Bull story. But on the cover, we were like, well, we're not just going to put a can of Red Bull. So there's Mike. There's Mike G. He he agreed to like <laughs> be on a pogo stick in the parking lot. <laughs> and um, I mean, that was just dedication, you know, to because pogo stick. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried. I tried it that day. Like, it's really hard. When I was younger. Yeah, I could do it. But um, yeah, I so wouldn't just try, I wouldn't to, dare now. No. So just trying to get him to, to be up on the pogo stick long enough to take the pictures was, was so hard. Yeah. But um, but I mean, that was like a kind of cool, a kind of a cool thing that like Red Bull was not even I mean, I think it was new in the U.S. and we our story got picked up about it, so we were like um, trendy. And then, um, and then uh, Shelby also said she did a story about b boys, which was like a troop of like like break dancing was kind of coming back, like a resurgence. And locally, um, people would it was all across the U.S. But she remembered being interviewing them outside outside of Gold's Gym, which is like was kind of right by Kirby Park, I think. And mm -hmm. Amnesia. Yeah. It was like all there in that complex. And she was like, you know, middle, you know, middle of the day, like a bunch of guys, like they were the B-boys. They were like doing like great dance moves. And we did a story on them. And I don't know. We did um speed dating. We did before there was like match.com or anything. We used to have uh weekend or night outs that were like speed dating. I was I was I think I was hired full time. I feel like Rachel and I went, I want to say it was shakers. I could be very wrong, but Jeff Walker was there with KRZ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we did, uh, I know one was at the, the new staircase that was on the bypass at that time. And one was right. at um, whistles in Scranton, which is now like Ale Mary's. Right. Right. And um, so it was, I, I remember begging like 
my friend Matt, like three people I knew. I was like, please, we, we don't have enough contestants. And once we get there, like I knew we could get people to do it, but we had to have a couple people who we knew would would do it. And now like you see it on like sitcoms and stuff and TV shows where like, you know, the, the buzzer goes off and you switch tables. And it so like that we we kind of, you know, started we, we were the first people to do that in the area. And that was kind of funny. So I don't know, like I felt like we had a lot of we were ahead of our time, like the weekender always was, you know, restaurant, restroom reviews. Who did that? <laughs> when they Nobody, because watched, that's right? bad. That That's not going to make you money. <laughs> <laughs> that's right? like writing a bad food review and then saying, hey, you want to do an ad? Uh, not going to happen. No, but you know what we did with food reviews? I remember this and it goes back to like, you know, we wanted to have like journalistic integrity. You know, like we weren't doing like investigative stories usually but like we didn't want to be like if you buy an ad you get a story kind of thing like right. we would um but i remember that the um my favorite thing was that the sales team and the editorial team and marketing like everybody had one big staff meeting right mm -hmm. but at the daily you know the newsroom budget meeting i mean that's just newsroom like sales you know sales people aren't allowed to come up to that right and sales would have their own, you know, meetings and, you know, the two, there was like a wall. Right. And so I feel like that was one of the things that made the weekender so strong. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. That's what I loved about. It. I mean, I, you know, when I went to school for marketing, like I, that's what I loved the most. It was just the collaboration between like, you know, people, you know, having different ideas and like, you know, you have an idea and then I can build off that and say, yeah, we could do that. And then on top of that, we could do this. And, I just think that's that's good for everybody. And yeah, what, it, it, that was such a, a hard thing to kind of overcome was, you know, the uh, sales and editorial was, was so much church and state. Yep. Um, and even even though that we, even when we tried at the weekend or to, to kind of combine the two, there's still a little bit of that um, barrier, so to speak. And I think that's because the people who would get into the editor roles came from the life of editorials editorial and sales of sales and they right. don't ever mix right and i mean i did you know i came from the newsroom but i you know so i tried to be a good copy editor <laughs> like we didn't have a lot of typos when i was there but i i really felt like there was a lot to be gained because you know like the sales reps like i'm sitting at my desk like half the week but the sales reps are out all week long so they know like what's opening they know like all the gossip you know they know like everything like they know the bar owners really well so they know when like there's a new bar coming to town and I mean they just they were like on the pulse you know like our um um our Scranton rep um MJ Patterson like when I got there she had been there a while um it was her and a guy named Shorty um and that was his nickname, obviously. And, and um, another guy named Jeff Pepe. And like they, she had like, she had Pittston to Scranton, like locked down. And we didn't even really distribute much in Scranton. Like she, she was the one who got like, I feel like Mark's tattooing and like, you know, so I, I just felt like there were really good ideas that would come from the sales reps and from like marketing. And I think that you always had to like, make sure that so food, so back to food reviews. So that was really tricky because food reviews, we would try never to like go to like an advertiser's 
place, but they wanted, like, they were like, Hey, why aren't you reviewing like my restaurant? You know? Right. And so, I mean, place, I mean, think about it when you go out to dinner here. I mean, how often do you get something like awful? Right. It was not, not often. Right. People care about their businesses and stuff. But I remember for some reason it was like the sandwich one was always like the lunch one was like the bane of my existence because you you know, sometimes the sandwich shops would come and go like delis and stuff. And I remember like, there's this one advertiser and like, I was like, Hey, you know what? Like, um, let's just order lunch from there on Tuesday. Like you guys did that when on Tuesday you would order lunches together and stuff, right? Yep. Or dinner or dinner. Yeah. Cause you couldn't leave your desk on Tuesday. And, um, so I can't remember which rep it was, but I feel like it was a guy or uh, maybe not. And, and they went and got like lunch for all of us. And like, it was really gross <laughs> and the stuff was just bad. And so I, that was when I came up with the policy, which this was my policy. I don't know if it stayed this way, but my policy was you had to, if it was bad, they got two shots. So like, if, if it was really bad that you were going to, I mean, if it was like mediocre, you would give it like mediocre stars but if it was really bad they would get one more shot and then we would really say that it was really bad so i feel like we lost a couple delis along the way (laughs) or like i don't know and and the sales rep i remember would be in my office like you can't print this and i would be like i am so sorry because you know me like i would feel terrible i'd be like i'll call them tomorrow like i'm really sorry but we have to run it because their food was bad you know and it was or it was cold or it was like a bug in the salad or something, you know, gross. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I, have to, I think that's one thing people are afraid to do now is, um, you know, be honest about, you know, food or, or, you know, cleanliness or whatever it is. Um, yeah. there's definitely not people doing that. And then, I mean, people who are doing it, they're doing it uh, via Facebook or on Yelp and they're, you know, behind, right. behind a keyboard to do it. Um, that's one thing I, it's, I struggle with in general. And that's not just any PA, but I think it's just across the board is like people who are afraid to be honest about the experiences. Cause they don't want to offend anybody. They don't, and especially now in today's world, it's like, if, if you do that, you know, you can get canceled. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, that kind of, I feel like that's something that was always there, but I feel like because, you know, I mean, it's sort of sad, like the situation that like newspaper and media and stuff is in. So like, it's, it's much harder, I would mm-hmm. think to be, you know, radio, like it's, it's just yeah, harder to like, you can't to run it, any, any kind of business like that. Yeah. You can't risk the, the, the backlash. No. Um, but then, okay. So then I had to tell you, so before I show you the one last, it was the liquid latex picture. I didn't show the local person. Like this girl wasn't Rachel's friend. This was like a wire picture. So the one thing that I remember about the weekender and honestly, like everybody I talked to, like Rachel said it and Shelby said it and Joe and, um, you know, my friend, Melissa minor and like, just like all these people, if you, if you worked at the weekender, pretty much like everybody except your parents was going to do stuff for the weekender. Like, and sometimes your parents, like you'd beg them to come to an event at like a restaurant if it wasn't going to be crowded, not mine, but like, I mean, so people like, just like, like you said, they, they had that little red, they bled like little, little red W's and they would just bribe like everybody they knew to do crazy things. So Rachel's friend, I wasn't there very long and her friend 
um, would see this green, um, her pictures like below it, but I kind of cropped it out for her, but she, um, she let us like go to her house and like try out this liquid latex. And like my friend, I have to admit the photographer we brought was a woman because we just didn't want everybody to feel right. like, uncomfortable. That, that's Vicky, right? Yeah, it's Vicky. And um, I asked, hold on, Rachel hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is, this is crazy. That, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I really am. That girl in the, uh, bathing the two, suit. Yes. That is my, I guess my sister-in-law. Come on. Yeah. That's her name is Lisa. Yeah. Holy shit. We have, we've, you know, my, so my, uh, my wife's brother, that's his wife. She, you know, when, when I first met their family, this is going back 12, 13 years ago now. And, you know, like it's always the same thing. What, you know, what do you do or what have you done? The blah, blah, blah. And when I said I was, you know, cause I met Amanda, I was still with the, at the weekender. She's like, Oh my God, I was on the cover of a weekender. And this is the one. Is this oh, it? Are you kidding me? Done. And you know, like you didn't even know that I was bringing pictures. I had no idea. I, I told you I had surprises, but I mean. Oh my goodness. I, brought, oh, I cannot wait to, to tell her about this. This is, And so, well, the funny thing is the other girl, Megan, she was our uh, staff, staff writer at one point, Megan Rollins. And um, she's like digital media now, you know, she, she, she's a, she's, still, she's a great writer. And, um, but the person who took the picture uh, Megan did not want to be in in um in this picture, but the person who took it was like my really like one of my best friends. She was an intern. She was, I think, one of our first photography interns, and her name's Danielle Antonello Smalley, and um, she takes pictures for like Mohegan Sun. I mean, she goes like up and down the East Coast. She does like photography for like she has her own business, and um and she's incredible. But she was our first intern, and she went to school for photography in Philly. And, um, so she and Megan were like best friends. And, uh, so we had to do this summer picture and I was like, Danielle was like, uh, you know, Megan, please. Like you got, we were all begging, like you got, you guys have to find us some people. So that was a kiddie pool. Number one, it might look like a really cool luxury swimming pool, but it was like one of those little blow up kiddie oh, pool. Yeah. I thought it was like, a, that, like a tube. Yeah, that was on the budget. We got that on the budget. And then like, so the the one above that, I can't believe you know that person, John. I, can't, I, can't, I cannot believe this because like when she told me this story, like oh, I was, and I don't remember if I just saw that um, cover just going through the archives um, by accident or if I'm just, you know, she told me about this. I'm actually texting her right now. That's insane. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you this. I'll send it to you in a Dropbox, the PowerPoint. No, no, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Like I like this is, this is why I absolutely love doing this right now. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's stuff that, that happens like this. And I'm like, wow. But that's, and that's, so that was the other thing I was thinking about the other night that like, you know, Northeast PA. And I mean, I'm sure everybody says this about where they live, but like, I think like Northeast PA is like, somehow like a weird like that you know six degrees of you know separation because we were on our honeymoon in Rome and we met like a couple from um I think they lived in Philly but they were originally from it was like an older couple they're originally from here I mean I've been like really random places and someone will say like oh yeah you know when I 
something about like something about like a like a brewing like lion brewery or like you know what I mean just like just a church or like a church picnic or I mean people are from like people from northeast PA do a lot of cool things but like I mean they they find each other everywhere I guess is my my point and then right so the the tattoo it was like ink in the valley that was when we used to have like the big tattoo conferences would come here and that was one of our um one of our staffers and the the tattoo at the bottom was like her real tattoo but real obviously tattoo, the yeah. weekender one we painted on her and then like i'm kind of partial to the one on the top because that was my husband <laughs> not so rudy <laughs> but i have there's a funny story with that one so 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 when we first we didn't have like we had um you know michael was like um graphic designer but he he was in charge of like all the ads in the home you know magazine and at one point it was like um then joe reminded me of this so one of the things i was really proud of was while while i was there we we hit like 96 pages and like 100 pages and stuff and so that was when I got there, we were like 64 pages, pretty solid all the time. I mean, I don't know. I'm not being competitive. I don't know what it was when you were there. You don't have to tell me. Oh, but, no, we were, we were rocking around 98 or so. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like exciting, um, but that was a lot of ads. So Michael was pretty, pretty busy. And so the cover, you know, we would just be like, what are we going to do for the cover? So my, I remember my first couple months, I mean, it was like a big stressor. Like you'd be like, who's going to take the picture, you know? So I started really like hiring, like hiring a lot of like freelance photographers, but there were weeks that like, we either didn't have the budget, the photographer was busy or, you know, we just didn't know what to take a picture of, you know? So we did some illustrations and things like that, but this particular week, it was like a country music concert that was going to be up at the arena. I feel like it was like Brooks and Dunn. Like it was big. It was like, some wild west like it was all these acts and we were just like we just didn't want to run a picture of you know nothing against brooks and dunn but like you know it wasn't like it was you know they weren't young let's say they weren't like in their 20s and so we were like we didn't want to run a picture of that and so we're like what are we gonna do and so they were like well we'll take care of this like don't worry about it and Matt's like, Joe's like, come on, Matt, Matt, Matt and I have, we're going to go take this picture. And so they literally went to the Kmart on, um, on the West side. And there was a tiny horse that you put like the quarters in like kids ride it. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I, to this day, I don't know if they went to like the Halloween store and got that vest. Cause Matt's Rudy does not own that vest, but like he does have, <laughs> that was his hat. And, um, and that was like a work shirt. Like, I think he was wearing like a work shirt. And so Joe said he, the, the two of them, they, they still would talk about like the crazy looks that they got. Like this guy with like a big, you know, Nikon or Canon. It was a Canon taking pictures of like another guy, like wearing like a cowboy suit on like a kitty ride outside the Kmart parking lot. But then the people who saw them and were kind of like, what's going on there? When they saw the cover of the weekend, they were probably like, I saw them take that picture. (laughs) So I don't know. There were like people would do. And I mean, I know I'm talking a lot about Michael, but I have to tell this because I thought it was like a really like a diehard kind of like you would do anything for the weekender. But then when I was talking to Shelby, she like she remembered the whole thing. She remembered like everything, like what time we left the building and stuff. And I'm like, okay, it wasn't just me. 
But so Michael, you know, he would do all those ads. He was so busy. He did like all the design for a while and he was just dedicated. I mean, like that guy, I mean, he would be at his desk. He never got up. So he, he, he drank a lot of like brown soda, like Coke. And now, you know, now that like dark soda can cause kidney stones, but like people just get kidney stones, you know, like my dad had them. He never drank soda. My best friend had them and a couple of years ago. And she told me it was like more painful than giving birth to her, her son. And so, but I didn't know a lot about kidney stones, but I knew that like Michael, like he would just be like hunched over and he was like, in a lot of, like at some point, like this went on, like, I felt like it started Monday, but he always had like pain from kidney stones and stuff. But that Monday it was like starting. And so by Tuesday morning, I would like, I walked over and I'm like, Hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. At one point he was like, like literally like, yeah, like jaundiced, like his color was so bad. He looked like he, his head, he was like taking breaks. And I went over to like Shelby and like Joe and like, uh, uh, like our team. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like he won't go home. And, and I remember like us all being like, but thank God, because we don't know how to do what we don't have. We don't know how to do his job. And so like, that was job security. Right. But at some point I called his mom. I was like, you need to come and get him. And like, they took him to the ER, but before he left. So we had like 25 minutes until they got to the weekender from Nanakoke. Like Michael was just like, you guys like, don't know what to do. And we were like, we can't have the weekender not come out. So I swear it's somewhere up in my room. In, in my attic or my basement was like a sheet. Like I was like scribbling, like, okay, if it's an odd numbered page, do this. And if it's an even number and like Shelby and Joe and I, I mean, I remember like the whole team, like, like, so poor Michael, you know, goes to the ER. He definitely, I, you know, I don't know if he had surgery. We'll have to follow up with him because I, I apologize. I just know that like I sent his, I called his mom, but he was staying like, yeah. what kind of dedication is that? Like you're, you're like going to pass out from like, he really was going to pass out from like kidney stones and you're staying there to put the weekender out. But so we were all just like, you know, we loved him and we're not like mean people. So we're like, you gotta go. And then as soon as he walked out, we were just like, Oh my God, like we can't not have the weekender come out. And Shelby told me, cause I, I remembered be, like you, you were supposed to put it to bed before the, the daily paper, like way before. Like the weekender was supposed to be done at like eight o'clock at the very latest, but we were always pushing it because we were late probably because of me, but like we would be sometimes like 10, 11 and like the newsroom and like the press guys would think we were right by the press guys in our building and they would come out and be like, how, how's it looking? Like, this is bad. You guys need to wrap it up. And like the composing room, like production department, like everybody would be like mad. That night, the next day, Shelby told me, she confirmed, because I just thought it was like middle of the night. She said that we left there at 7.30 in the morning. So like, I don't even know how it got printed, to be honest, but it came out on Wednesday. Wow. Like it came out. And so, I mean, you know, I remember like, we were just like, whatever we have to do, like, we're not leaving until this gets done. But I mean, it was because we also wanted to like do it in honor of Michael, because he was gonna like pass out at his desk from kidney stone. <laughs> so I mean, that was like, I mean, people would just do like, really, like anything, I felt like you would do it. And um, our one so Shelby, we were also talking her one boyfriend, we made him dress up like Santa Claus for 
a weekend or Christmas party at Tink's. And like Tink's is really hot. It was really hot. You know, it's like a, it was like, you know, a club in Scranton. And like, we're like right next to the ale house now. And no one wanted to do it. Like we had a Santa suit and we're like begging everybody. No one would do it. So we literally just bought him shots of Jameson like the whole night. (laughs) So that he would like, he was like the jolliest Santa. He was like, come sit on my lap, you know, taking pictures. (laughs) But like, it took a lot of like, I don't know what Shelby had to like promise that he would, you know, that he would do that. And, um, and I, and I like, no. And, um, and I remember too, like, um, just like random things like like we talked about like I I would have to like do a shot before I like um but this so this is like a really embarrassing thing about me so I had probably never so I was like 20 no I was I was 30 I don't think I had ever gone to like a bar alone (laughs) like I was an only child you were 30 what year was this yeah I don't know. I'm so bad at math. I can't uh. remember. But I I remember that I was like, I can't believe that I've never been to like, I've never really walked in a bar myself. Like maybe if I was meeting like one of my friends or something, like because when I worked night shift, I would always have to meet. I would go there myself because I worked until like midnight or one on the copy desk. But, you know, like the sports guys would be there or like my roommates would be there. I'd be like begging everybody like, don't go home. Just let me come out for like a half an hour and get like one drink. And so I, I realized that I hadn't gone to, so I decided that I was going to do these bar reviews for the weekender. And for whatever reason, I, we would skip like Luzerne County, Lackawanna County. And I was going to go to Scranton by myself and walk, you know, like a block and a half (laughs) to get to the bar. But it wasn't even any of that. Like, I wasn't like afraid of like walking in the dark. It was like literally walking into the bar myself. So I remember begging Shelby, like she had like, I don't know, something really early the next morning. And I was like, just, just come for like half an hour and meet me in, in Scranton. She was like, I'll come for 15 minutes. And so I did the bar review of the bog. That was like my Scranton like first bar I ever walked in alone, but I wasn't cause Shelby was meeting me. And, um, I met like Brian Craig and Rudy and Bob. And like, I just remember, like, I didn't know anyone in Scranton, you know, I was from Wilkesbury and, you know, Hazleton before that. So Scranton was, you know, you know, that regional thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, now I feel like I, you know, every, everywhere, but it was like, it was pretty intimidating. And like the bog, you know, that's like a hipster, you know, kind of like everybody's cool and like jukebox is cool. And like the, everybody knows everybody. And I remember like sitting at the bar with Shelby and she's like, all right, your 15 minutes are up friend. I'm leaving. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I didn't take any pictures yet. I don't, I don't know anybody. And she was like, you can do this. I have faith in you. And like, then that night, like before we left, like I ended up like, you know, getting to be friends with the guys and, they end up hanging my bar review on the wall. And like, I mean, it was just like, I went there, you know, I'm, you know, obviously it's really sad because Brian's gone. And I just remember like, you know, spending a good portion of my adult, like not, you know, life going out, you know, with my, my friends or my, you know, Matt. And I mean, we would go there on a date night, like after, after I had my baby, like we would go to like Scranton, go to dinner and go to the bog and, my, my one, my, my one best friend, Alex Seely, 
we would always, we would meet there sometimes. And so I just think like, if I had never worked at the weekender, I may have never gotten into the bog and I may have never met like all those cool, amazing people. And, um, you know, I feel like it gave me like a, a purpose to do it. And then I started doing like all these, you know, bar fly, we called it. And I used to just do all these and just walk up to strangers. And I wasn't drinking cause I was working and I would be like, so what's your favorite thing about this bar? You know, like corner bars and like hole in the wall bars. And like, it wasn't like always the bigger bars. It was kind of like smaller bars to be like, and you know, take a picture and say like, what did you, what do you like about coming here? And like, what's their best food? You know, like, do they have good wings or what's their favorite, you know, who's the bartender, you know? And so I just remember like, like the weekender gave me like this burst of courage because I just like, I had to do it. Yeah. You know? That's, and that's what it did for me too. Really. I mean, and that's kind of what this is all about. It's just the, it's this, this thing, this, this entertainment weekly, you know, catapulted all of us to, you know, I think places we never thought were even possible. And, no. it's, and it's always a common theme with everyone that I've been talking to. And I, and I'm sure it's going to be consistent, you know, all the way through it. Just like, the weekender was this special place. And we, we said before, you know, it, 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 it was work, but it never felt like it. Never. I, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to have the picture on my, on my PowerPoint. I know it's on my phone. I took a picture of the ballot. Like when you're saying it was work. Cause I remember Tiffany saying like, I don't want to talk about, and you talking about like reader's choice. Uh, Shelby said the same thing she would like take this binder home and just say to her boyfriend or like her sister like hey you know we've got to count ballots tonight and like I would do it like it it went from interns like I think that was the coolest part is like whether you an intern or like general manager like you were taking home ballots to count at night you know because we'd have like a thousand of them and there was no like online voting you know there was barely online yeah um it was probably more than that it was and, you know, for anyone who thinks that we didn't literally and physically count those ballots, we did. We counted every single one. And we did. But even like, even those, like, I remember when this is 2006, it was my first reader's choice as a full time employee. We were at Rachel's house. It was, you know, me, Tiffany Stein, Katie, Janelle, the whole, the whole gang. And we were at Rachel's house having beers and wine and counting the ballots. Like we made the best of it. I mean, um, yep. well, because people cared, I mean, people cared enough. Cause we, I remember we made it a rule that you had to like do at least, I'm going to see if I can make it big enough on my phone. You had to do at least like 10 or 20. I don't know. I don't know if you remember that, but like you had to do at least a certain amount of, you had to vote for in certain amount of categories. Right. And for it to count in general. Yeah. And, and, um, I don't know if you, Oh, I can't, I'll send it to you. I'll text it to you. You can like text, but it's like the actual ballot. And I remember like, plus it was like taking a big risk because the ballot, like people could fill in anything. Like they could fill in somebody that didn't exist or they could, you know, and obviously like when people won, like, so my favorite part and, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but like, and not that many people now, because like, obviously a lot of the places aren't necessarily even open, but I used to sign them all by hand, like the certificates. Did you do that when you were there? 
sign them? I would sign the certificates. Well, yeah, like you, after. yeah, up until I forget what year we started. So I remember you guys would literally sign them like every single one to the point where your every hand was going to fall off. <laughs> uh, we got smarter or we had the technology in, in later years. Uh, I was fortunate. Enough. I only had to, I only had to sign one, one year, but we, we made a, we, we signed one signature and then the designer was able to take that and just, you know, kind of put that. Oh, right. Yep. We just like, printed it like that. Well, it was, I mean, but it's kind of funny. Cause like now if I'm some, if, and it never, it hardly ever happens, but I'll be somewhere and I'll, I'll see it on the wall, like hanging the plaque still. And I, I'll like take picture. Like I'll be like ready to cry. Like, I can't believe you still have that hanging on the wall. And it will be someone I don't know. Like it will be like a restaurant or something that I, I, you know, I don't know. So, but I remember like those reader's choice. Um, I felt like that was definitely work, but it was one of those things of like, it was fun work. Right. Well, the worst part, and I'm looking at the image you sent me, it's a, this is a ballot that we printed on the pages of the weekender and it would just like, you know, uh, it was like a fold, the center fold, like it would yeah, but like center fold. So people would physically write them like in on this paper and mail it to us, mm-hmm. but then or drop it the, off. But yeah, we're trying to, but trying to read what people wrote. <laughs> that was, that was a challenge in itself because. At a bar when they might've been like, you know, maybe not necessarily in the good, good shape to write. <laughs> oh, and you know, it's funny you say bars, like bars would actually like, they, they take the stacks weekend or they would take the, that center part out and they'd yeah. actually say, Hey, bar patron, you know, if you don't mind, please fill this out and then mention us for best bar or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but people, yeah, I mean, that was, it was, it was an honor, like, you know, for the weekender to, you know, to get mm-hmm. the award. Um, it was such, such a, a I think a, a respected paper. And I think that was because the people that worked for it were so respected as well. Because and, we, we put everything yeah. we had into it. Yeah. And I think about like, like always the weekender boxes would get like low. There wouldn't be out on the streets. There wouldn't be that many weekenders or like at the bars because they didn't get huge stacks. But I remember like when it was reader's choice, like you couldn't find a weekender anywhere (laughs) because everybody was like scooping them out of the, you know, the boxes to take them to their bars. Or like you said, you know, just having them. Um, And um, okay. So this is my next, my next picture so local music is like one of the things, you know, so this was like concert for a cause, which was concert for Karen at the time. There's a picture of Tin Pan Alley here. It was like a popular band on the cover. And we did this, Jim Gavanis took that one. It was like on um, the Casey Hotel was torn down in Scranton. And honestly, I don't think I can take any credit for that idea. Like, I feel like it was Jim or Joe or whatever, or the you know, in the band and like plus three, but then like, we had this thing called band boxes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you guys still had that when you, when you were yeah, there, right? We discussed it. I forget if I talked about it with Leslie or maybe it was Jane. I forget, but yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, bands actually spent money uh, in the paper. We would do it once a month and they would advertise their entire monthly schedule. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I mean, it definitely, it wasn't like majorly expensive. We gave the bands a special rate, but I mean, bands didn't have any money. You know, there was like, you know, it was expensive to, 
you know, I mean, some of them, you know, were doing great, but like still like in the, they all had like probably like day jobs and you know what I mean? And so like, I had to say some of the names of these bands, like, because people can't see them, but like, say, yeah, please do. Yeah. Please. Like 40 pound head and Tim Pan Alley, negative space, um, dashboard, Mary, the collective, right. They were on the cover. I couldn't find their cover. Um, dashboard. wake up naked gunner cartoon dead porn stars point one oh burn simon says um crush um so bad hair day i had to say this they won i think they won a contest because they were like in 80s you know they did 80s and i was asking shelby and we couldn't remember we were we, we were sad that we couldn't remember they played at the stone pony because you know bon jovi's from new jersey and like I don't remember what the whole thing was, but it, it ended up being on the cover. And like, um, Jim Gavinas came with us. We went on the road. Shelby like interviewed people and knew, you know, at the stone pony. I mean, I feel like, you know, we were like, like the bands, it, it's hard to like imagine now because like hardly there's not, there's not a lot of places for bands to play. So they're doing different things, you know, right. but I mean, they were like, not only local celebrities, I mean, they were like doing big things. And I mean, I have, obviously it was later down the road, but I mean, like we had bringing Benjamin on the cover before they were like, you know, we would go to the voodoo lounge. Like they would have their, you know, nights out. And I mean, I remember like Joe student, like interviewing them and stuff. And like, I don't know. So I just feel like we were dedicated, like as much as readers were dedicated as much as we were dedicated to the readers, like the bands and the bars, I mean, they were really dedicated. They were loyal. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there were people who r ran like, you know, like maybe like a, a 50 or a hundred dollar ad, like every week from the day that the paper started, like on page two, like there were yep. people that got special and, um, you know, and, and so we would, I mean, obviously there was like, the the huge you know bars that had like the full pages you know tinks and the woodlands and banana joes and like you know i mean arena bar and grill and like that amnesia we talked about i don't know who who were some of the big ones when you but like there were like diehards like um you know bruise brothers would they had this spot and people paid extra for like special spots like the woodlands always had page three but like bruise brothers was like below cores live which right. was like i think that was the reason half the people like i'm not even gonna kid myself like not not something i wrote or you know that was on the cover the the cores live listing of where to go every what entertainment was at each bar every night of the week i think that was like you know that people just would you know, I don't, I still today, I mean, I mean, Rich House has that, you know, NEPA scene. I mean, there's definitely like entertainment um, websites that are really thorough, but like, it was just like a massive list of like, if you wanted to go out on Monday night. Yep. Who was know, playing where? Know. Yeah. And, and that was like, for the bars, that was added value. That was like, and then a lot of bars were like, yeah, how do I get in Coors Live? And it was like, yep. just do an ad. It doesn't matter what size you do, just do an ad and you're going to be in there. Yeah. Um, and it went from like a half page, I think to eventually a full page or maybe it was always a full page, but I mean, no, it wasn't when I was, it was half page. Yeah. yeah so, that's so it awesome. eventually went to, it went to a full page and then like, you know, that was a left-hand read. And then we yeah. sold, um, 
the page next to it, which is called the right-hand read. Uh, we had Nightcaps as a, as a half page, bought it, you know, premium rate um, every week. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would, you would see people driving around on the seat of their car. You know, I mean, it was like, or you would be out to eat and people, you'd see people like, that was always my favorite. I would try to take pictures if I saw people read it out at a bar, like, and I don't know, but that was, I feel like the, the Coors Live and just like the entertainment. And we, we would have, um, I feel like this, I think it was Simon says we had some band that we did for the St. Patrick's Day parade that like we rode on the float with them and they played. And actually I think that my, my husband and Joe student were both saying like that they remember that they still hate the song lifestyles of the rich and famous, because that was the song that the band played like the whole time they had like three songs in rotation. So you're kind of like freezing and, um, and then, but they were, they were great. I mean, because think about how hard it is to play, you know, I, I, you know, I don't play the guitar, I play the piano. You're not going to put a piano on a flatbed, but like you couldn't like, how do you even stay standing? You know, if you're playing like the, guitar or the drums or the lead singer so that was like I don't know like the bands and the bars were like and the restaurants I mean I don't know they were like super super supportive I mean they kept it alive and I have to say this because um he's no longer with us but like um Justin McCarthy like he had a uh, he oh, had the yeah. bar on um Northampton and I'll never forget because sometimes it was really easy like back to the events like nights out right like you would go to like, I don't know, like a bigger who, like one of your advertisers think about it. And like, you know, there was already probably a band playing. So you could get the band to give away t-shirts from the stage, or you could do like a, you know, there was already a big crowd. Right. right. And, but sometimes the smaller bars, like when they got a weekend or night out, like they wanted you know, they, they were thinking you were going to bring like a, a lot of people. And so you had to kind of think about what you were going to do at each venue when you had your event. Right. Yeah. And so I remember like the sales rep, it could have been Rachel. I'm not sure, but I remember like, um, it might've been shorty saying like the Justin, you know, the, the McCarthy's wanted to do an event. So I remember going there with, you know, my boyfriend at the time and we walked in and like, that night it was seriously it was oldies karaoke with gentleman jim it was justin's dad so like the audience was definitely an old crowd and i looked at him and i'm like i don't know what kind of event like we can do because i mean we i mean i think people who were like 16 to like 100 read the weekender don't get me wrong but like you know you had to really think about your your target audience and like how could we get like a crowd that was our age so I was really nervous and I met Justin and he was just like, well, you know, I had this one idea for this thing, you know, like I have like a guitar and I have like a, one of my beer, you know, vendors. And would you guys ever consider doing like a songwriters contest? And like, you know, we ended up, we did it for like several years. The place would be packed, like people coming out the sides and like, you know, it was original. So it wasn't covers or anything. And people would get up there and like, there were some really, you know, maybe people who were in like a, a band would go and like Kate, I remember Kate, I think won the one year, but like, you know, people were just like writing like original songs and like 
getting up there and singing them. And like the place was, you, you couldn't move. You know what I mean? So it was like, even like a, this, a tiniest bar, like people had passion for their bars and like they had passion for music. And like, I still remember like Justin, I mean, he was in my wedding like years later, he was like the greatest guy. And he always had like a great idea, like for music. He'd be like, oh, you don't even have to do this here. But like, I was thinking like, this would be a fun contest. And like he, you know, it was that kind of like, people were just committed to it, you know? Yeah. It was a special place. It was. And it's, you know, it's sad to like go through and, um, you know, we mentioned, you know, Justin obviously passed away. Uh, Brian Craig passed away a year and a half ago or so. It's sad to go, you know, to look back on those, those things and not have them here. Yeah, it absolutely is. I, um, but you know, I think that like they have like, like a legacy, you know, from the kind of people that they were first off, you know, and, and I think that like, they, um, you know, they just made a a difference. And I think that, you know, people, they were really respected. I mean, I hope that one day when I'm not around as many people, like I remember going to like both of their, you know, wakes and everything. And like, I mean, people outside, like for hours and like playing music and like, hugging and like talking about all the awesome things that they did. I mean, it just, they were just like, both of those people were really quality people. Yeah. I'm glad I got to know both of them. Yeah. I, 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 I met Justin a few times. I, I think I was like a, a fill in for his ads when we were between reps. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I knew Brian and what a, what a terrible, I mean, they're both obviously terrible losses, but Brian was, I remember I was actually, I was hosting uh, a showcase at uh, Carl Hall the day that he passed and I was, I was a mess. Um, I think I cried in the green room a few times just cause like, I just, as a father, you know, like, you know, I knew what a great person he was and he was even a, a better father. And for, for me, like to know that, like, you know, his son was robbed of, of him and his wife was robbed of him and, yeah. you know, I'll be okay. But I just felt terrible that, you know, his family was robbed of him. And I, the last time I saw him, um, I remember it was at the bog and he, we talked about for like, probably like 45 minutes was our kids. And he's like, Oh, you know, I, my son needs to meet Gigi. Like they sound like they would be like best friends. And I thought the same thing as you, like, because you know, you think about like, a parent like I'm sure that was probably one of the hardest things for him like thinking you know you're not going to be there and um but I mean I always try to think about um you know my mom my mom died when I was working at the weekender and I think about how you know it kind of like inspires you to do to like share their story so I bet you you know there's tons of people who do things like in honor of Brian or Justin and, and like, I mean, I remember like I wrote a column, like you could write about anything in the columns and sometimes they were silly or whatever, but I wrote a column around mother's day. Um, it was called like moms with moxie. And it was all about how, like, it was actually, it wasn't mother's day. There was a girl who was a boxer 
and she was local girl and she, a woman boxer. And so I wrote a column all about like women and how like my mom, like taught me how to play baseball from her wheelchair. She had MS and she would pitch, you know, from her, she taught me how to parallel park, like driving her like electric wheelchair down this, like, okay, back it up, turn the wheel, you know? And my dad, I mean, you know, I mean, my dad, they both cooked, but like it was the whole column was about how like women didn't have to have like a certain role, you know, like my mom had a business and, and, um, and she and my dad, like they both cleaned, like I grew like Matt's Rudy probably hates that because like we both like he irons more than me. Like I try to buy things that you don't have to iron, but like, sure. you know, but I just remember like the, po- the point of it. And I'm like, it seems like I'm on a tangent, but the point of it was like, I got so many emails when that column ran. And so I think it made me realize that like, and this is why I love your podcast, because I think that like the, the most basic thing you could do is be brave and put yourself out there. Right. And I remember like crying when I was like writing the column. And I remember like thinking like, Oh, I'm sort of embarrassed. Like I shouldn't even like, I'll just write about something else. I'll write about like a, you know, Valentine's day or whatever I was. And it was like, you know, you, you, when you're honest with people and you talk about things that really matter and you like open up, like, I think it, first of all, it helps so many other people, you know, to like, if you, if you're honest, like, oh, you know, I love sometimes when people die or whatever, people, people don't know what to say, you know, they feel awkward. So I think that like, it was helpful for me because when I wrote it, then all these people were like talking about my mom, which was like the nicest thing to me because there were people who didn't even know her. And they were just like, Oh, she taught you to, you know, parallel park. And, you know, she likes sports. Your dad doesn't like sports. He likes to garden. And it was just like, my mom, you know, people, my dad likes that. or My mom likes that. And so I feel like sometimes when you're, when you open up and talk about things that really matter, right? Like that's when, so I think that, you know, back to the weekender, I think that like people were just really like themselves, you know, like they, they told true stories about things that were hard. And I'm going to, I have to show you one cover because Joe actually mentioned it. And like, um, so this was like in 2004, right? Right. And the people who we did stories on, there were three journal and like people wrote like a, a letter and it was anonymous that was in like their journal or whatever. And then other people got, you know, interviewed. Right. And so like, they, they might not have even been out, you know, but they put, they, they took a huge leap. Right. And even the ones that were anonymous, like the letters, it must've been so hard to like, just put it even down on paper, how you felt about like who you were, or if you couldn't be like honest with people you worked with or your family or whatever. So I, I just think that people always were really like, you know, they were just honest and they, they kind of gave, they put their heart out there. Yeah. And for those of you just listening, um, we're looking at a a cover of the weekender from 2004, um, which uh, on the cover, it said gay NEPA. And I think what Christy is referring to is, you know, having people who, you know, were gay in that time, you know, in, in 2004, when it was very, um, you know, if it was rare, it was only rare because people were afraid to talk about it. Yep. And that's, I mean, <clears throat> I, you know, one thing I wanted to do with this podcast was, you know, 
I think th- I think the reason why we are where we are today, as far as people being comfortable with their sexuality or, um, you know, what they they like and what they don't like, is because we talk about it more. You know, and that's what you know. I want to kind of get out of this podcast is is talking about things that are difficult. You know, I've spoken about <clears throat> you know my wife and I losing um, children and uh, my dad, and you mentioned you losing your mom and, and, you know, it's all stuff that's hard to talk about, but if we don't talk about it, um, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to do? You know, it, it feels good to talk about it. It feels good to get it off your chest and believe it or not, there are other people, many other people going through the same thing. Um, so if, if they can hear that and, and kind of get some comfort as well, I mean, um, you know, the, the big saying, last year was we're, we're in this together. And at the end of the day, we're in this life together, you yep. know, and um, where you, I think we're as a nation, we're more divided than we've ever been before. It's, it's sad, but um, I hope that we can someday realize that, you know, we can be each other's, you know, greatest allies. I think, um, I think you're right. And I think, you know, even when it seems like dark, I mean, when you told that story, my daughter's saying goodnight, I'm sorry. When goodnight, Gigi Johnson, even when you told that story, I was listening to the podcast, you and Leslie were talking about it. And I mean, I didn't even realize that John and we talk, you know, we, we see each other occasionally and stuff. And like, um, I, I think that like what makes me feel optimistic about the world is that I know so many people who, you know, care, you know, and like when you told that story, like, and then Leslie, you know, you guys were talking and I think like you were brave to open up about it. You were, you were there for, for you and your wife were there for each other. And I bet you anything that like all of your friends and family And then, you know, people who you didn't know, maybe like if they found out, then they would tell you their story. And I think that there's still so much, there's so much kindness and there's so many people who care. I think it's just like, you know, even if you just do like, you should try your best to be like a good person. You know, I think that like, it matters. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really that simple, really. Uh, A life is just to be a, be a good person. Um, unfortunately not enough of us do that and yep. for, for various, various different reasons. And, and we can go on about that, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, kids being raised in a household that, and that's what breaks my heart too, is as a father, you know, just thinking about kids, um, having a terrible upbringing. And that's where it starts. It starts at home, you know, um, that was one of the scariest things when all this happened with COVID. Like my friend is, um, you know, a counselor and we were talking about, and another friend of mine is a teacher and we were talking about how, you know, there's so many kids that it was just terrible for, or, or even just people, you know, like people who were like in a like abusive household or, yeah. you know, with the, where there's like an alcohol or a rage problem or something. And like, there's no escape you know, or people who don't have kids who don't have enough to eat, you know? So I think that like the thing that I, again, like I try to like, I can't watch the news like all the time, but I try to like, obviously I worked at the paper. So I, I mean, I, 
my, I spent my life as a journalist. So, I mean, I, I can't help it, but read the news. And I think that when I see anything where anybody's trying to help in any way, it makes me feel encouraged, you know, like people who were like putting packets of food together for like four kids to come, you know, parents could come and like pick it up at the school where they went to school, like even when they're virtual or, you know, people who, um, I mean, this was pre COVID, but our, um, our one friend, she's a, she's a realtor and she just out of nowhere, she put a thing on Facebook. Like if you have any coats, like we're going to, we're going to be like putting them up around the square in Wilkesbury. So just let us know, like, let me know. It was this one woman, you know, drop off your coats or I'll come pick them up. And she, she had like just her friends and people volunteered. And it was like, right at the, you know, in the middle of winter and they kind of, I don't know if they hung them or cause I, I don't gave some to her, but I wasn't there that day cause Gigi had dance class. And <laughs> there was like all these people who just, they left coats around the square in Wilkesbury so that like people could just come there later and like get a coat, you know? Right. So I think that there, and she's just like, I was so like, it just, it touched my heart that she did that. And she's always posting. Like I see people who just are always, you know, it could be anybody like posting my friend's librarian and she'll, she posted like, oh, you know, every week her um, friends were doing like her church was doing like a different um, theme for food donations for like the Dalton food pantry. And it was like, okay, we're doing like breakfast and like people would bring like pancake mix and cereal, cereal and granola bars and stuff. I mean, I think that like, you know, you just can't like ignore it. You know, everybody has to just try. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have to give you another funny story. I brought, I brought you into like, can this. I, can yeah. I pause you for one second. Yeah. One second. Okay. Sorry. No, I, uh, I have to admit, like, I didn't want to break any record. I didn't want to break Lolo's record, Mike Lolo. <laughs> and now I feel like, I don't know. And I, I, I promise like, I only have like all, I mean, so many, so many funny stories, but I have one. Um, so a couple, like I promised I would, so things that you, can't do today. So we're talking about, you know, COVID and, um, you know, and then the other thing we're talking about little things you could do, like, I, I know that it, like so many people are struggling in like the, you know, restaurant business and the, you know, just endless amounts of businesses. But I have to say, like, I went, we went to, um, we picked up food at hops and barley's like last week to take out. And it was just, they were just getting ready to like reopen on Monday. And, you know, we saw like Mark and James, you know, the two bartenders there and Gigi was with me and they were just like, we're talking. It was like, you know, I haven't been in there obviously since COVID, but even before that, you know how it goes. Like when you have little kids and stuff, you don't get out as much as you used to. And, you know, we were, she, she's just like having, they're like chatting. She had a mask. They're like, Oh, we like your mask. And, you know, it's just like, I think you just have to, it's sometimes you get so busy with life. Like you just can't forget, like you got to go and support, like, like your, your fundraiser, you know, for the bands, you know, with the, and the, sure, want, sure scene. I want you to talk about that for a second. Oh, you want me to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so with, when I launched this podcast, so I should start, let me go back. So I had a radio show for 
three plus years called Alt Natives on Alt 921, where I featured an hour's worth of music from artists in and around um, our area. Um, and then a week in October, they said, hey, we're going to switch to Christmas music the first week of November. Uh, your show is on hiatus. I, was like, I wow. hate hiatus. What's that? I hate hiatus. I yeah. And I, I mean, like, you know, it's one of those things like, I'm not an idiot. Right. Um, so I, and I, I knew that, you know, when they said they're going to go f- to Christmas music that, you know, for, for two months, you know, we're not going to go back to alt, you know, you don't, you don't alienate your audience for two months and say, you know, come back and say, Oh yeah, we're back. Just kidding. You know? So I saw the writing on the wall and I'm like, you know, I don't, I just don't see that show coming back. And I have had such a connection to this local music scene for you know almost 17 years since the, even before the weekender, before, before my internship, I just had this connection. I wanted to be 21 so badly because I wanted to go out to the bars and see the bands play. And so when it happened, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I need the the scene more than they need me. Right. So I was like, how do I, how do I stay connected? What do I do? Cause I felt I always say this too, like, you know, I hosted a show on a Saturday night at nine o'clock. You know, I'm not setting the world on fire, but like when that was over, I felt lost and I wasn't fired from my job. Thankfully, I still had a job. My primary job was sales, but I felt emotionally fired. I felt, I felt lost. So I'm like, what do I do now? Right. And I'm like, how do I, how do I give back to them? Like, how do I, how do I be more than just, you know, a guy in the radio and that, that plays their songs. How can I do more for them? So I was like, all right, well, I'll start a podcast where we can still have a platform for them to, you know, come on, do interviews, talk about your music, what you have coming up. Like, you know, we can talk about anything really because, you know, they can do that on the radio. Like they, they could do an, a radio interview, but it's that two minute thing where it's like, you know, how'd you get your name? You know, you're, you're, this is your band. How long you've been around for, what do you have coming up? It's quick two minutes. It's not enough time to really get to know the bands, right? So I was like, all right, I'll do, I'll do this. I'll do a podcast. I'll do this. And, and then I also, I launched a campaign called Shirts for the Scene because I was like, these bands have, have not been able to make money mm-hmm. this entire year. This was in 2020. Um, and it's like, you know, when you think of it over the, the course of however many years that we've been in the scene, right? You know, you've, you've helped organize benefits, you know, who, what's the first per, what, what's the first thing you do when you organize a benefit? You say who who can play it because who's going to draw a crowd that, that gonna, you know, comes and bring and, a lot of people yeah donates the money and they see, see a band and the bands did it time after time without question ever. Mm-hmm. They're like, yes, we're in. We'll we'll play our half hour set. Be more than happy to. Let's raise some money for a great cause, you know. But no one has ever ever thought about the bands. We I mean. No one. We've mm-hmm. never we've never given back to the bands, and I guess because they've never been in a situation where they needed it, you know. So I, I took a look at it and I'm like, this is a year that they have not been able to make an income at all. And I so I stole the idea from Axelrad because they did a, a similar campaign for local businesses for the shirts. And I said to them, what do we? What do you think about just doing? the t-shirt program focused on just local music. 
they said, yeah, let's do it. Without even a question, they, they said, yeah. So we did shirts for the scene and how that works is if you buy, you know, a shirt, let's say, I, I always think of modern ties first. I don't know why, but if you buy a, a shirt, a modern tie shirt, the proceeds from the sale of that shirt goes to the band. Um, and it's been live for about four weeks now. There's over a hundred bands. Um, you can go and if you're listening, you can go to the popgoproject.com. There's a tab there uh, for shirts for the scene. Uh, you can, you know, browse the uh, the store there and, you know, buy your favorite band t-shirt. There's a lot of great logos there. Um, but the proceeds from, you know, if you buy the shirt, the proceeds of that shirt go to the band. Um, and we've raised almost $4,500 over the past four weeks. That's a lot. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I hope. I mean, I obviously want to be able to, to give these guys and girls a, a big fat check or, you know, maybe, maybe it's a hundred bucks or maybe it's 500 bucks or whatever it might be. But it's, um, and in my opinion, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't think that I am, but I feel like this is the biggest fundraiser done for musicians. Um, so if you're listening and, and you can help support by all means, I not, not me, I, I wouldn't appreciate it. The bands I know would appreciate it. So, uh, again, that's the popgoproject.com is a, a, a link for shirts of the scene. And like I said, there's over a hundred different, uh, t-shirts available to, uh, to purchase. And I know that the bands would really appreciate your support. So, yeah. You got me hooked. I, I was looking at it the other night and I'm like, I said to Matt, like, we should just do like at least one a week, you know, and just keep, we'll have like so many shirts, you know, <laughs> but I think that there were so, it really is. It's like a huge amount of of bands and and i think like everybody just i mean i think if you go and like look at it you'll you will know so many people that you like oh i forgot you know we should and and really i mean it's 20 bucks i mean there's a lot you know don't buy coffees for like a couple like three days and two days (laughs) well it's really funny because you uh posted those band boxes and one of those band boxes was uh dashboard mary and this evening I got an email from Dashboard Mary. Well, this afternoon, rather, uh, from Joe with the band Dashboard Mary. Wow. We're doing, want to get involved. Um, so, yeah, so it's really funny because it's funny for a couple reasons. Dashboard Mary has been around forever. And it's just kind of funny that he emailed me the same day that we're doing this. It really is. <laughs> I mean, it's, and you know what? A lot of the bands, I mean, when people are talented musicians, I mean, the, the band can have so many iterations, like so many different groups of people who've been in the band, you know, and then even people jump from band to band, you know what I mean? So you, you, if you're like a, if you're a musician, I mean, you, you're really dedicated to that, your craft and you're like hanging in there. You're like, you know, working a day job, exhausted, like going to, you know, play at night. And what you said is so accurate. Like the bands are always so generous when it comes to like their time. And, um, I'm, it was like, um, I don't know. It was obviously pre COVID, but I feel like it might've been at the beginning of this year, but Iggy, Iggy Scavo, like he was in the collective. I mean, he's been in a ton of bands and he, um, was doing a fundraiser for his brother who Mm -hmm. had passed and it was, um, at the Radisson and 
we literally, cause it was all day. We brought Gigi that she was at her first fundraiser and we were there and he came over and I mean, I hadn't seen him in, I don't even know how long. And, but he was like the first person, like when I was new with the weekender, he like jumped in and said that he would do movie reviews for me. And our movie review writer wasn't doing them anymore. And I was kind of like in a pinch and he had, you know, he, he loved movies and he loves, you know, books and movies and he, but he hadn't really done them. And he's like, I don't know, but I'll, I'll help you out if you need help. And like, that's just like, when I was there, I saw like, you know, like Neil McCastro, like there were just people from all these different bands who came out and, and I think that it's like, you just get a bond, you know, like, and, and you, it's just really like, people care, you know, and they like donate their time and the bands, they're just kind people. I mean, this area, I mean, I know this area gets a bad rap, you know, Northeastern Pennsylvania, it's a lot of negativity. Um, but at the end of the day, this area has, uh, some of the biggest hearts that I've, that I've, uh, experienced anyways. We always have each other's backs. We always support when we can. Um, and that's one thing I love about being here. I mean, yeah, would it be cool to be living in a, a bigger city like Boston or Philly or whatever? Maybe not now with uh, COVID, right? But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not it's not flashy. It's not it's you know it's not any of that. But it's it definitely has its own appeal. Um, and you know, again, you know, doing this, I hope I hope that it kind of helps shine a light a little bit on on the good things we have in this area because it's not all bad. It's, it's, I mean, you're going to have bad things anywhere you go. No I think what. it's mostly good. I mean, I know I'm like, I'm an optimistic person, John, <laughs> but I mean, are. I really, I feel like I've seen, so like, think about it. So the weekender definitely like a customer service oriented business. Right. I mean, the times leader, when I worked there, you know, always like working with people, I mean, at Banco and when I was the Abington journal, and in Philly, but, but I mean, I feel like all the places that I've worked have had a lot of customer service elements, you know, and I, I think I can only probably name like 10 people who've made me cry over the years <laughs> being mean and I'm pretty sensitive. So I feel like there are just so many good people. And like, I think that like, I think if you give a person a chance to show you their best, like if you don't like approach it with anger like even if you're you know so I think about that all the time now like if I have to call and like I don't know something's broken or you have to you know something complain about something it's like I'll just you know how's your day (laughs) you know try to like you know especially it's just like because it's it's just everybody's a, a person you know and I think sometimes even if people are mean like you said you don't know what is going on with them and stuff and I don't know, but I just think that that was one of the things I loved that may, that I feel most proud about the weekender is that I feel like it shined a really positive light on, you know, um, on everybody who lives here. And it kind of, I mean, if you were people, if you lived here, you know, it kind of gave you like something to be proud of. Cause you were like the same as like something, a bigger city had, you know, right. and you had like, you had like a really good, you know, you know, people going in the music scene who, you know, being, you know, going on to big things and people, I think I remember we did like a story about Jay McCarroll. He was like a fashion designer and he was like on, you know, he's from here and he ended up, you know, I mean, so there are just like so many people who, and every time you print something 
or publicize somebody who's doing something positive, it gives other people like hope. It gives them like, you know, they feel like they can be brave and, and try something new. And um, so I think that the weekender did that. I mean, I think for all of it's like funny, like, you know, we were joking around about, you know, like the sexiest issue. We did that. The sexiest people in Northeast PA or like the, you know, like funny issues. Like I remember uh, like it didn't take one second. Like I would ask like Joe or Shelby, like, well, what was the serious topic? And Joe was like, oh, we did a whole cover on like homeless, a whole cover story on homelessness. And I didn't even remember that. And it was like one year, the concert for a cause was, you know, for that, you know, to benefit people who, you know, never a place to live and stuff. And so I think like, you know, as much as there was fun, if when you look through all the pages, there there had to be like a fundraiser on at least in every issue, sometimes more, you know, oh, yeah. so I think that, so I think that like lots of people should come to the, the Pop Go project and, and help the bands and, um, I have to tell you, like, like one, I, I don't want to forget, like, because everybody was so nice giving me like ideas. But one thing, and you know, how I was saying, like, I didn't want to not credit anybody. Um, so one funny thing. Um, of, we were talking about bands who played on our float, but the one year, the reason that that got started was because the one year we decided to um, to make a planet for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And we did it in like the warehouse at the the old press warehouse of the Times Leader. And like, I don't even know who came. Rachel was like, no, I had to go out of town for a funeral. I didn't build it. And I asked Joe student, he's like, no, I had green spray paint in my nose for like a week. And so did Shelby. And like my friend, Stephanie Bombay painted it, but like no one were like, I think it might've been like Steven Peralski. He was in marketing at the Times Leader and Kathy Plushy. But I'm like, someone used like PVC and like paper mache and made like, and we, then we couldn't get it out of the building. And like Joe had to drive it up on all the back roads because he couldn't, you know, he didn't want to get pulled over. And it was like such the windiest day and we get there. And so like, you just think about all the people like that, you know, put their heart in stuff. But I do remember like I, I left for like five minutes to run to Boscov's to the bathroom. And it was freezing and um, I, you know, ran back and you had to get there so early to stake out your spot for the parade. And it wasn't there. And I was like, where, like, where did the, did they start without me? And all of a sudden, like, like they, like a couple Joe wasn't coming over. He was like doing something. And like Shelby walked over and I'm like, where's the float? Like, did you guys, who's with it? And it like, Evidently, while I was gone, a big gust of wind came and it like almost hit a little kid. It almost hit a classic car. It might have hit a classic car because, you know, you're in the parade. And and um, and Joe, before I got back, was like trying to like crunch it down. <laughs> so like the planet was literally like crushed and we were just sitting there. And like, so you think you're having a low moment and like people were being so nice, like coming by, like we saw it. It was amazing. And that's so bad. It's so sad that nobody will see it. And I'm like, what are we going to do for the parade? Right. And um, Rob Sachs was there, DJ Rob Sachs. And he was just like, we, we have this under control. Like, don't worry about it. And so like, he's like, just get on the float and just dance. And I will just like, I'll play music and talk. And I mean, it was like, you go from thinking you're gonna have this big planet. I think the float was even better because I think people were just like, 
you know, laughing. There were like pieces of planet, like hanging on the float. And like, I, I will, I will never like that. That man could ask me to do anything for him or his peer, his or his family. Like he was amazing. And he was always so much fun. Like, I just think there were just so many people who just like, they could really get you out of a bad situation by just like making you laugh. So sometimes like, even if you can't like donate money or something, like, even if you can just like, like you said, listen to somebody when they're having a problem or, or just try to like bring some humor to like the moment and lighten it up. Yeah. I mean, I think we all need that right now. Right. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm thanks for asking me to. Come Do you have anything floor. else up your sleeve? Oh, John, wait, like I just have to say like they're, they're, they're in like order. So oh, like I goodness. have all these, you know, I have them by year. We've got like, you know, fuel and breaking management, like all these bands. And this one was funny. It was about swingers. And like the, um, we went to like a, a, one of the hotels that was one of our advertisers. It could have been the Woodlands. And it was just like a, a people we knew, like we just got three people and like the, nobody was naked. It was just like feet, you know, cause we didn't, we couldn't figure out what to do for a cover. But I mean, I think that's the thing. I think like you for the cover picture you know i think it was like it forced you to be creative and and you know trying to keep come up coming up with things that um do you know these people too now because there's another person in the bathing suit this was like a grill like summer no i don't know okay so this one i have to tell you it's my I, I won't show anymore after this. This was like one of my favorite it was the funniest we had this artist who was like freelance she worked at the times leader wakako and we were just really yeah. wanting to have like illustrations. And she said to me, you know, I, I can try something. Right. So the whole article was about all the crazy. This is again, Northeast PA, all the gr- best places to get hot dogs. And when I tell you, like, it goes from like Schuylkill County to like, you know, the Poconos, Wayne County, there's, um, but my uncle loves hot dogs, my uncle Charlie. And so I remember like calling him and saying like, you know, can you, can you tell me like the best places to get hot dogs? And like, he, he's in the weekender. So like my, (laughs) like my uncle, and they were really good, like suggestions. Like one is like in Buttsville, like it's called hot dog Johnny's. And, um, I just think like, there's so many people who have so many different things that they're great at, or they know a lot about. And I think that that was one of the things that I felt happy that we tried to do was just give everybody a voice. You know, we did like monster trucks and like we did, you know, karate. Like, I can't even think of, I mean, too bad. We never, I mean, now we could, you could have Cobra Kai. Oh, you know what? (laughs) Real quick, real quick. Rachel Pugh, right? (laughs) Season three, Cobra Kai sucks. (gasps) I'm only, I'm, I just got to like the first episode. We just finished season two. I won't, I'm I'm not going to give any any spoilers, but Rachel Pugh, I'm, I'm sure you'll watch this or listen to it. Cobra Kai season three sucks oh no it i uh i've been outnumbered i I posted it on facebook today my my feelings on the uh the whole thing i am outnumbered so i wouldn't you know say don't watch it or don't give it a chance (laughs) i I have my own opinion Uh, i'm entitled to that right you are everybody's Um, entitled uh yeah i just you know it just in comparison to one and two, one and two had me like, had there not been a pandemic when I watched season one and two, like I was literally researching karate schools. 
I was, if there wasn't a pandemic, I'd probably be in karate classes right now. Right? <laughs> hey, you still can. There's a new place you did and you could do Zoom. They do Zoom karate. Yeah, I could do it, but. But now you're mad because. Season, season three. three. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, Karate Kid 3. So we, Gigi, we watched them all. Like she's not watching Cobra Kai, obviously, but like we watched them like, I don't know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we watched Karate Kid 1 and she was just like, oh you know, Mr. Miyagi, like she, and she started taking karate, like right before she's not, she's not taking it now just cause she's, it's, you know, it's, it's busy. Like she, you have to decide dance or karate, but she, um, but, she, but like we loved it. And then we got to karate kid three. And I mean, again, if anybody loved karate kid three, I'm sorry, but like she's nine and she was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, so, so karate kid one and two. So maybe it's like, I haven't seen Cobra Kai three, so I don't want to say, but and I have to, if you're going to have Rachel on, because you've mentioned her a couple of times. So I think that you need to bring up, I had a funny Rachel story, but I'm going to, she can verify whether or not it's true. So one of the other things I was really proud of at the weekender was um, I kind of begged and pleaded our owners for like the Times Leader for the budget to go to the Association of Alternative Newspaper Conference. And we got to go like at least three years the first year I went by myself because the budget was really small and it was in Madison, Wisconsin. But I mean, there was like the stranger from Seattle and like there were people from, you know, the village boy. I mean, there were people from huge alternative, you know, city paper and, you know, Philly weekly, but like all over the country, they're everywhere. Just like the weekender was. And we went. And so the second year, um, I went with, I don't know if it was the second or the third one year, Rachel and I went to, uh, San Antonio. But one year, um, we went to Pittsburgh and it was, um, and Tiffany was talking about Pittsburgh and and you said you hate it, but Pittsburgh was, I think Pittsburgh's kind of fun, but we went there and, you know, there's all these papers. So you kind of feel like, okay, you know, we had like however many, like hundred thousand readers, like these people have like 500, a million readers, you know, and they're like, they have these big budgets and, but there were small ones, but like we got, we got so many great ideas and it kind of just made us feel like this is legitimate. Like we are like at this and they liked some of our ideas, like, because you'd have round tables. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we're in Pittsburgh and I, I was trying to get it out of Shelby and Rachel, but one night, so, so it was just me and Rachel and Joe and Shelby, I was like, just, you know, just come here. Like, I'm not trying to be sneaky, but like we paid, we can only afford two people to the conference. I'm like, you can come to like some of the events, but just, just drive out here. It's Pittsburgh. You don't have to fly. So Joe and Shelby, they ended up like sleeping on the floor of our hotel. They drove out. But that night we all went out in Pittsburgh and we're at this bar and who is there in the back room, but Charles Barkley. And they were having some kind of private party. And all I know is that Rachel and Shelby were determined to get this code to get to this private party. And so like they disappeared forever. Joe and I were like, we're just going to get a cab to get home. We don't know where they are. They're, they're gone. And like, they, I know, I think they got a code and they went to some private party with Charles Barkley, but you can ask Rachel about the Charles Barkley and about her trips um, to the associate. Um, you know, Association of Alternative News, AAN, the alternative newspaper. And um, I don't know. I just think like, I think it's just really impressive. Like there's a lot of people who've done really cool things. Shelby, I got to give her a plug. So she left 
the weekender. She, she was like you, she was an intern. We offered her a full-time job staff writer because the position opened and she was so dedicated that she literally went to Wilkes and her last year, she went part-time so she could take the weekender job. So she was like going to, going to Wilkes, graduated, was doing a full-time job, but she, she, we were joking around because she, she was like, oh, you could just say it. I went to the dark side. I got a job in PR so that I could move to New York City. And I'm like, it's not the dark side. I do PR now. And um, but she but she she was awesome. She moved to New York and now she's like vice president of a meditation app. She lives in Colorado, you know, so you got to have her on. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to hook me up with her. I think I think I'm uh, friends with her on Facebook, but uh, yeah, there's definitely people that I mean, I just. And Bob Kelleher, you know, if you have Jim McDonald, you got to have Bob Kelleher because he was like our, like our financial backer. You know, he's the one that was like, at the Times Leader, he was like the VP, like, we're going to do this. And he like stood by it. And then he launched, you know, Philly Edge and I went down there with him. And I mean, he's, he's hardcore. Like when we, we did Philly Edge, I came up with like, okay, you know, me and Joe and, and our from Margo, we made, it was edge was an e so we got soft pretzels shaped like e's and we took them down to like the radio stations to try to get them to talk about it meanwhile i'm like thinking we're we're awesome we got that girl to sing the national anthem he like went and made a deal with the borgata and he was like okay so if you advertise for like the first 12 weeks of philly edge you're entered you know all the bars restaurants you're entered in to win like a weekend at the borgata and i'm like okay i thought it was cool coming up with like pretzel shape like ease trying to get the radio stations and meanwhile he's like you know he's a big thinker but I think that you just have to like it's amazing so I think there was just a lot of talented people you know I mean like Lolo you know he's in New York Nikki Nikki Miscali I mean like um Nicole DePaulo's published author I mean Joe Student you know he was down there like doing big things at the Carolina Theater I mean he's worked at like newyork.com I mean I just feel like and people who didn't stay in like media and publishing. I mean, look at Leslie, you know, she, um, that, that whole crew, you know, Janelle and Katie, everybody went like human resources and Mohegan. I mean, I feel like everybody's still like a lot of people still working with people. So I think it's almost like you. Well, yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, and Tiffany said it too, like that job taught you how to be a good colleague. So it's like, you know, whether, whatever path you took, it's it still, it still had like a foundation of, you know, or, you know, fundamentals that you, you took on with you. Um, and I feel like, you know, everyone's kind of still in sales to an extent. I mean, I think everyone's in sales. Uh, you're, you're always like kind of selling yourself and. Yeah. You got an elevator like, pitch. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, like, Oh, this is what I do and this is why I'm good at it. And this is why you should pay attention. Um, but yeah, it just, it just, it was a wild time for sure. It was. And I think it gave everybody, I mean, it definitely, and I will say this too, when we were in Philly, we recruited people from here because another great thing about Northeast PA, and not that there wasn't in Philly, there were so many people who were hard workers, but I think cause we were like new people didn't know what it was. So it was like a risk to take a job with it. Right. Sure. With Philly edge, but we brought people from here, you know, like Margot and I brought Joe, uh, you know, begging, begging him to come because you, it was hard to like find people, you know, we went through, we had, we ended up with a great staff, but we went through a lot of people because we were expecting weekender 
mentality of like, you know, work until seven in the morning and work through your kidney stones and like, you know, go like you've never talked in front of a crowd and get out there and get some models and men of the week. And, you know, I, you know, just if you lose an advertiser, you, you replace an advertiser. You know, if you don't have a cover, you get your um, boyfriend to wear a cowboy suit. And, you know, so I just think that like. Do what it takes. So you do what it takes. And that is something that Northeast PA, and I have lived other places. And I've, I always think that's an impressive characteristic of people around here. I feel like they're, you don't even realize how many hard workers there are here until you yeah. work, you know, different places. And, you know, I, you do what it takes. And then even with my time at, Shan, at uh, Time Shanrock, there's our motto. It's not an official motto, but I feel like we've, we just always say it. It's like, you know, you figure it out, yep. you know, no matter what it is, like you figure it out. Um, yeah, it's I mean, weird. My, my old boss, my old boss at the journal, Joe Buckwitz, he's up there at the time Shamrock. And I mean, I know, and that's the other thing I will say too, like, it's almost like, like with the bands, like if you read news anywhere, like buy a subscription to anything, buy an online subscription, you know, whether it's like a local paper or the New York Times or, you know, I mean, because somebody, if you want good journalism, if you want good stories that are true, you know, if you like, I think you've got to like, you've got to fund it. Like if you want bands, if you want restaurants, places to go to eat, you know, if you want, I mean, I, I, I'm all for like online shopping. I did more online shopping this year, but I try, I still tried to buy things from like stores, you know, even if I bought it online and I just think you got to keep that in mind, you know, keep like all the people who are working really hard. You got to like, think about where you put your dollars and keep support like local people, local businesses. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to ask you, um, did I don't think ele- I could tell you anything else. <laughs> I no, feel no, like did, I told did, you so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did the Electric City start when you were? Okay, in so so really good question. So, um, so the Weekender was it. Like the Weekender was the only game in town when it launched, and I passed it out on the street corners. And then Electric City definitely existed. Like when I became editor. And so that's another thing I was going to say is one thing I found over the years with newspapers in general is you can have like a really fiery competition. I felt like when I was there, we like, they had a column that wrote things about the weekender and like, we, you know, we'd be out there, you know, with trying to get the story before they, and I mean, I, I will say this, like they started diamond city because like we were kicking their butt in like Luzerne County, you know, and that's why they started it. But I mean, they had a really strong hold I feel like we had different audiences in in Lackawanna County, you know, like Weekender was like popular in different places than Electric City. But I feel like you're all sort of in the trenches together. You know what I mean? Like, so even if it could be really competitive, it's still like, um, I remember one time I was out of, out of town for something and somebody said, Oh yeah, you know, Wilkesbury, you guys are like one of the only towns in the, one of the places in the country, like you have really high readership because you've got that two paper competition. I mean, sometimes it's like, it's a good thing because if you have that many people who care about like being number one and like being good at what they do, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it it just, it makes you, I mean, I, I mean, I, I won't say like I'm the champ at like, 
Pictionary or Monopoly, but I have a competitive spirit. You know, I don't know if like Gigi will play with me. Matt's Rudy won't because he says I'm too competitive. But so like, I think some people like com- competition is like what keeps you going. You know, you want to have like, yeah, it makes you, it makes you better. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, that's how I have always, I mean, I grew up watching Michael Jordan play basketball. And, you know, if you talk trash to him, like he would like put you in the ground, (laughs) you know, that's, I mean, I mean, if you don't want to be number one at the end of the day, like, what are you doing? You know, like, I think you need to have that mentality and, and uh, yeah, I mean, don't. At least do your best, right? I'm not saying like, you know, go hurt people in the process, but like, if you're not, if you're not doing your best and, and, and wanting to be better than the other guy doing the same thing don't don't do it friendly rivalry yeah do me a favor take a picture of that uh cover of the uh the 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 pool i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you the i'll put it in dropbox it's too big to email the powerpoint but and if you want to come to my house and take any more pictures or (laughs) if people so if you're having anybody else on that like wants like to have photo illustrated um we Matt went and found like because I was like this is just not as many weekenders because we've had a couple floods in basements in places that we've lived and I was like oh did I lose a lot of weekenders and tonight he I didn't even open it but he came lugging an orange and black Tupperware because we always used to have Halloween parties and he was like well I think you somehow abandoned a bunch of Halloween costumes to put your weekenders in this box (laughs) so I have like a whole other box of you know what if there was still an intern was as good as you they could be digitizing all these old weekenders and getting them out there well i think i think a lot of it was or did live online at one point um i don't know whose fault it is but somebody i think deleted all of the weekenders like it was it, it, it was online i mean you could you can go back but like i think lella was talking about it how you can't go back and look at different stories and shit like that well we can single hand well we can all get together we can digitize (laughs) all of my crazy issues and you know what it's funny i thought of one more thing so when i was there all right so i made a little timeline of like fun fun facts and like it's very short because i was tired by the time i got to it but it was like things that happened in certain years and like i don't know one time there was like uh ready and that we had like he said she said columns right mm-hmm. yeah and um we had uh first fridays on franklin that yep. was huge we did like first fridays we had like the wyoming art Le- valley art league we had um you know tons of i think it was lion but we but there was like um i'm not gonna find it it's here somewhere in my 17 million um <laughs> papers okay so 2001 so that was red bull that was when we Tale of Two Sexes. That was Freddie and Tracy from 93.7. Um, we did Liquid Latex. Liquid Latex cover. We had put a cork in it. The Weekender had a wine column. The Voodoo Lounge was open and a big place for a lot of bars. We had a sports section and a health section. And there was a move of the month, like a, literally an exercise, pictures of an exercise. How about that? Did you know that? 2002 was, um, we started, there was like, uh, book reviews and we were partners with the Tudor bookstore and Barnes and Noble. We were going big guy, little guy. We had them both. 
I had to, I had to call people like they would, we would give away books. Yes. I mean, that one of my tasks as a, uh, an intern, I had to like, Oh, you're the book of the week. Whatever. <laughs> and think about that. Like, so first of all, somebody who loves books, you know, publishing got to write a book review and then somebody could, the business got business. Cause somebody went to pick up their free book. They're probably going to buy like another book or a coffee or something. Um, that was, I forgot about the book review. We had, get ready. We had a, a bizarre update, the church bazaar sure. and, sure. and picnics, but we, it was with the radio station at one point, And that was my other thing that I would really like, besides the interns, like I feel like interns and radio stations were like the two things that I brought to the weekender. I mean, we had, we had like one intern, I think when I got there. And by the time I left, we would have like eight each semester, but the radio stations, I just remember one day like calling and I, th I think it was BHT. And I was like, Hey, you know, we should do like a contest. I don't even know how it got started, but it was definitely with BHT. And the next thing you know, like we were doing like the survivor with the, um, KRZ and they would have like Jeff tell us, which was, we'd go out like the man on the street. It, it became like sponsored. They would ask the questions on the radio. Right. I mean, we had the bazaars was like the buzz 102.3. <laughs> like we had the mountain, we had like every radio station. We were non-discriminatory. We played no favorites. Like we had, you know, model the year party would be like the X and like Chris Lloyd sausage and tuxedos. We would pay for their tuxedos. Um, the, uh, but where I was going originally was that we, I was there in 2003, we got www.theweekender.com and we actually had the first online coordinator, but I mean, it was really, I, I don't think like if you, I don't think there was a lot to it. Like, I think it was partly because we were owned by like maybe like Knight Ritter at the time. And they were having like a big online push. So we had that. And that was the week weekender deck series, 2003. There were ads for cell phones, which I took pictures. If you saw how cheap cell phones were, I took pictures of that. because It just made me laugh. All right. 2004. Are you ready? John Popko joins <laughs> as an intern. 17 exclamation points. That was the breaking Benjamin cover. Um, we started Weekender South. Do you remember that when you were there? It was inside the Weekender, but it was like a page or two dedicated to like Bloomsburg. Bloomsburg Burn, yeah. Hazleton. And we had like Michael Danilovich. He was like an intern who became a correspondent from Bloomsburg. I mean, um, arena football was popular. Yeah. Bon Jovi started that. We had like the arena football team, not Bon Jovi's, but we had our own, um, there was music first, the second stage at Montage. We had the second stage and Weekender like hosted concerts with like other, you know, sponsors yep. and Clear Channel and, you know, the X and Citadel. Okay. We had first Fridays on Franklin. All right. I have to give a shout out to Damien Pick. So he was, he was not there that long when I was leaving, but two funny things. Joe student said, if I didn't tell you about this cover, things that you couldn't do today that you that you could do back when I was at the weekender and we were at the weekender Damien pick war I had never seen the movie till this year don't make fun of me but the Christmas story with Ralphie you know the Christmas yes. movie and he's in the yes. Damien pick wore a pink bunny suit and he and Jim Gavanis and Joe student went to some school after hours that they had got permission in Kingston 
with like a rifle because it was like an air <laughs> rifle, you know, in the movie. And Joe was like, can you even fathom like going into a school with the, you know, and I mean, not, I'm not joking about like, I, I right. mean, but security alone, but you would never even like bring an air rifle. Like you would never bring a person dressed in a pink pajamas bunny suit to a nope. school. I mean, it was just like so many crazy things, but Damien, and if I have this wrong and I'm giving him credit instead of somebody else, I'm really sorry to somebody else, but I think it was Damien. I think it was Damien. Yeah. We had a, when we did first Fridays on Franklin, Damien hadn't even started yet. Like we were saying farewell to Nicole. Damien had interviewed and gotten the job. He made a gigantic street sign for us to take on TV. Cause we were going to be on channel 16 to like promote first Fridays on Franklin. And it was like the cover, you know, it ended up being like a, an illustration of that street sign was our cover, but he made it. And I, I swear it was like a huge concrete, like bucket that paint would come in and it, he made like PVC pipe. I, I think I had to carry it to channel 16 at like four in the morning. So I, I remember I was wearing heels and thinking like, Damien, why couldn't you make this with styrofoam or something? But I, I really think it was Damien. And I think he, he wasn't even fully there yet and he was making like like that sounds you know, right signs with pvc pipe um okay we had pimp my ride with uh bht we had like i guess we would give away like they would or we would give away and i had to give them a shout out because whiskey business used to have a slogan every week their slogan changed and it was something funny like it was just like a funny saying but people like over the years it was it was good and bad. Like, I feel like there were times that like it was inflammatory. <laughs> we would get phone calls that like we let the ad run with some kind of inflammatory saying, but I mean, people would pick it up. So that was like not a huge ad, you know? So people would, I think there were just a lot of funny like things that you, that you couldn't do today. I remember one time it didn't happen, but I feel like it had something to do with the 4th of July and Joe's student, I feel like Michael, I feel like it was like a whole office conversation and it was going to be like things that could explode and dropping things off of tall buildings like a watermelon. Like it was nothing dangerous. It wasn't like exploding bombs. It was like just things that would explode. Like what could you do that would explode? And I'm like, I remember sitting at my desk and you know how when you're the GM, like everything sounds good until you're like, I'm like, no one's dropping anything off a building. I'm sorry. I'm like boring. You can't, I'm, like, I'm pulling like the, the, I'll have to get, you know, yanked over to the publisher's office. So I think I put like that, the halt to like dropping watermelons off a building or something. You'll have to ask Joe student that one. But like, I feel like there were a lot of things that we did run that we never got kicked out of Turkey Hill, John. That was pretty impressive that you guys. Yeah, I, I think I was there full time. It was just, I think I just started at that point and that was not good because Turkey Hills are everywhere here and we got kicked out. But I, I'm grateful that you had me on as your guest and I'm sorry that I was too busy getting archives in my basement to come first. And I'm no, sorry that my PowerPoint is not. This is great. I think, professional. I think I'm doing it in a hurry. I think, uh, I think we surpassed Lolo. <laughs> Well, I beat you. Um, no, but I just, I think that it was like, I'm so grateful to everyone who, if I haven't mentioned them, everybody who I worked with. Um, I mean, I'm so glad that you, you were honestly, I mean, I've, I've worked with a lot of interns, John Popko, and I have to say like, you're in my top five. I would say that you're my number one, but I've worked with interns recently who 
like at, at my job now who oh like, yeah they're probably much more talented than I was well you know they taught me how to make like Instagram stories yeah. and stuff and like yeah. I can't you know you you had your own t- you came on a Monday see that's it you have to remember that now this is the truth I don't make up things you came in on a Monday on a school day off and you helped get ready for deadline and you did like I don't even think you were doing all marketing stuff I think you were like I don't know if you were proofreading or you yeah, were counting whatever. ballots. You could have been counting ballots. I don't know. But you came in, gave up your day off and hung out. Well, I mean, when I was interning, I was also working almost full time at a part time job. Wow. So that summer was very busy when I was not uh, working for free at the weekender for my internship. I was. <laughs> I have a question to... for you. Sure. Ready? Yeah. I don't know if you saw. I put a comment on Leslie's. I don't know if you saw it. So here, here's the question. So first of all, you're obviously the number one intern because you started a podcast about the weekend or no one has done that. But I think you may be the longest running employee and your only competition would be Michael. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's two things there. So I think, I think Rachel was close in length to me. Oh, I'm going to get fired tomorrow if she if she was the longest running person. I don't know what. When did she start? When did she start? It, well, see, as, she started part time. She was doing like marketing for the weekender and for the daily. Like they had her split like in half. She was doing part time marketing, and that was when I was was new. So I feel like it was like 2000. Let's say. Oh, uh, so she might have me beat. And then you know, so we, yeah, she. But I don't know. Does Michael have her beat is the question. Because Michael was there before Rachel. So I was going to say about Michael that he doesn't count. <laughs> he can't. He, he, he worked through a kidney stone. I know. And then you told me the story. And I'm like, well, I can't take that away from him because that's probably not something that I would have done. So I think Michael, at the end of the day, I think he wins regardless of how long Rachel. How many years there? Yeah. Rachel. But I feel like we should have like some sort of, if you ever do like a big group one, you know, think of the zoom that could be, that could be huge. So, yeah. When we, when I first started this with uh, Leslie, like in that conversation, I was like, you know, maybe we, at the end of this, we could all jump on together, but that might be chaos. I mean, I just did an interview with a band that I posted today, uh, Crooked Ways. There was four of them. So I would have made a fifth person on the screen. And it's hard on Zoom because and it's no one's fault. It's just, you know, you're not in the same room and you're, you're doing your best not to talk over people, but it happens by accident sometimes. And then also then there's like moments when you're just like, you don't talk and it's like, cause you're waiting for somebody else to talk. It's, it's weird. It's, it's a, it's a weird situation. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it'd be cool, like to you know, for everyone to be kind of in the same room, um, for sure. So we'll we'll see how it goes because I mean I have a lot of people to get to. <laughs> yeah, I'll help you with the logistics of it if you yeah. want. But and you know what, I have to say, like the I don't know about you, but like I mean, I had never written a column when I got there, and it was kind of like I felt like you should because I felt like people should hear your. Like you are a, p- a real person, you know, like, like we talked about everybody at the weekender was like, you knew, you know, you'd be out and about, like, you knew a person who worked at the weekender and they were just like a person that you grew up with or something, or were in a bathing suit on the cover or whatever. So I remember my friend, Kathy Keir, she was the librarian at the newspaper and she came over and she's a really good writer. And she ended up doing a column 
And I think I can dime her out. She was the original Mr. Ladle. How about that? She wasn't even a guy. We made her Mr. I'm sorry, Kathy, if I gave up your secret, but there were several, there were several Mr. Ladles. I don't have permission to give them all out, but she came and helped me, you know, brainstorm about like what my first column would be. And um, she wrote a column called Diary of a Semi-Hip Chick. And she wrote, that was so 90s, right? You know, like, I feel like I was looking at the pictures of her and it was like, really like 1999. But, um, you know, I think that everything is like, you you kind of just have to find someone who knows how to do it, right? It's like Google. There was no Google. Right. We, we had no Google. So you just had to find a friend, you know, <laughs> like find somebody who could help you figure it out or get a mentor, you know? Yeah. I mean, I am not smart when it comes to the technical aspect of doing this. So I have to give a shout out to my friend, Justin, um, who works at, or he owns Ionic Development. Uh, he helps me with the, uh, the uh, videos and audio for the, the audio part of the podcast. And How about then, your awesome logo? That is amazing. So yeah, that was Keith Perks. Uh, he's an awesome dude, uh, very talented shout out Keith Perks. And then the website was done by Joey Zielinski, who um, is in a band. He was an intern for the weekend at one point. So I've, I'm very fortunate that I'm surrounded by very talented people who are also willing to um, help out a a dumb person. (laughs) Your intro and outro. I was listening on Spotify um, because Tiffany's wasn't up yet. And I wanted to, you know, so I, like I try was trying to watch the videos like to see people, but I, I listened to that. And then the music like coming in and everything, like your intro and outro are really cool. I mean, I feel like you've that uh that was a song. Um the band the band consi- consisted of Bob Lewis, Kevin Callahan, AJ Jump, and Andy Sloboda, I believe his name is his last name is. Um that band was called ends with disaster. Um, <laughs> they were together for like a year. Uh, but that whole, they had like one, one album out. Uh, I think it's on Bandcamp. No, I'm sorry. Not Bandcamp. Um, shoot. What's that? Bob Lewis was in the songwriter contest at McCarthy's way yeah. back when. I feel yeah. like he was, you know, writing original stuff and Mike Evans. And like I said, Kate. and SoundCloud. Yeah. SoundCloud. It's on SoundCloud, but yeah, it was funny when I was putting it together, my friend Kevin was like, yeah, whatever you need. He's like, I'll even write something for you. I had so many people, I just kind of like say, Hey, I'll do this for you if you need me to, which was crazy. People that I didn't even think would even offer, which it's, it was, it was wild. Um, but he's like, yeah, if you want to use any, any of my songs that I already have done, you're more than welcome to. And I was like, you know what? That album ends with disaster was, was really good. I bet you there's a song in there. That's what, that's what it was. So yeah, it all worked out. John Brockley, I, you, you, you're my hero. I'm going to like come and learn how to do podcasts. Oh, so I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. You do. You're a great. I have host. no clue. I feel like the tone of all of yours, like Jane, like everybody, everybody's was like a little bit different. Like Mike's, although you and Mike both had the exposed brick in your house. I'm really jealous of, I, I've got curtains in my office, my, my, um, my <laughs> other screen. Gigi, when I heard her telling my little girl, I heard her telling people on her um, virtual class, like, 
my mom has like this giant like TV screen thing and it's not her laptop. And I was like, she thinks I work for the FBI or something. She's just like, made me sound like a celebrity. I mean, it's really just like a, a plain old, you know, yeah. second, it's a second monitor and I, I'm not like touching it or anything in the day. Like they do, you know, on the, on the, you know, the movies, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Props to you doing the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Some part of it about the weekender. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it's been, uh, well-received. I mean, people that knew what the weekender was are into it, you know, um, it, it, it was an important part of people's lives outside of just ours. So it's, it's, this has been a lot of fun. And it just, it's funny when I first started this, like I was very nervous to do it and, you know, but when I started doing it, I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. So. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be asked to be part of it. And especially because I'm, I'm an old lady now, John Popko. I mean. How old are you? All right. Are you ready? I was going to make you have like a big uh, Brady Bunch Zoom call before I would tell you. But I just had I, I just had my birthday in October. We're birthday buddies. I feel like our birthdays are close together. Close, yeah. Not the exact same day. But um, I, first of all, I was born on an even numbered year because it's, I'm bad at math. So like, I, that's how I would always know how old I was when I was a little kid, but I turned 50 in October. So 50. Yes. So the weekender, Holy shit. <laughs> but I was like a late bloomer. Like I didn't get to the weekender till I was 30. So I was kind of like out going to bars and I didn't have Gigi until I was 41. So like, I mean, she's a good cover because like when I, you know, when I'm at like third grade, most of the moms are like not 50. So well, people, you don't look 50. So that's, that's good for you. But thank you, John I don't think you'll ever look your age. Um, <laughs> so if I, so you're, so you're 18, you know, you're 12 years older than me. So if I was 21, that puts you at 33. Yeah. So I was, yeah. Cause I was Still, there. Like that's young. Yeah. I mean, well, Matt Cerruti's nine years younger than me. So when I was there doing like the editor, I think Holy that was shit. it too. Like he was he's nine years younger than you. He's almost he's yeah, he's he, almost my age. Yeah. He was like 21 when we met and I was 30. And then, you know, we didn't get married for like he was 25. The one day I was giving advice, he's he took Gigi up to bed so he can't hear me, but he will laugh if he hears me say this on the radio. I was giving advice to one of my friends. She was in her 20s and she was going through a bad breakup and she was here for dinner. And I said, you know, what's the rush? Like, I mean, by the time I was at the Weekender, like my one friend and I, Christine, she would always find these awesome trips. We would use like our credit card, all the money we had. And we'd spend like $400 and go to like Paris or something. Right. So by the time I, you know, got married, I had done like a lot of things that I wanted to do. And and then, so I'm telling her, I'm like, don't rush, you know, like I didn't get married until I was 35. And like, look at Matt Cerruti. He's like the best husband in the world. Like he's such a good partner. And he's in the other room and he comes in and he goes, you were not telling me that because like, I was 25 when we got married. And he's like, so now you're telling her she's 27. And I was just like, 
Well, it was different then. You know, it's, always now. <laughs> it's always different in the eyes of a woman. Yes. It is. I have to say, it's, of course. It's, you know, if you're the person who wants to get, but, you know, again, think about it. You know, we talked about it with the kids thing. I mean, I, it took me a while. So I feel like I, Gigi's like my, my, uh, my miracle. You know, she was kind of like came, I think my mom helped send her to me, but, and Matt, but like she is, um, so I did everything late. So like, <laughs> I'm always late. <laughs> I have a kid until I was 41. I got to do, I got to do all the, um, geriatric. I was a geriatric <laughs> pregnancy, <laughs> but you know what? I got to go every week to hear like heartbeats and all that because I was so old, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I don't feel 50, but I do have to say, like, I feel, I feel lucky because I feel like a lot of good, a lot of good things to, you know, hopefully, you know, a lot more, but yeah. Well, thank you for giving me the start to my career. Um, I'm not sure how much you had. I, I don't know if I interview with you. I don't even remember interviewing, honestly. Yep. You did. Um, you it was you and Christina, I guess, and Christina. right? Yeah. Absolutely. She agreed to come on too. But um <clears throat> yeah, I mean it all it, it all started there. It all started um it all started with that phone call from my dad who um is no longer with us. Um, you know, saying that the weekender was looking for an intern. It's funny. That makes me, I, I feel like, I feel like the one thing again, that everybody I talked to in a different way said that the weekender kind of like put them on a path to where they were supposed to go. Like you said, if they found out that like, this is not what I want to do, or, you know, I have to find some way to do more with music, or I have to find, you know, some way to do more with, you know, writing or publishing or sports or, you know, whatever everybody did, I feel like it put put you in a direction where you felt like you could do anything. Yeah. I mean, and no matter where they went, they definitely took something that they learned there with them, whether they, you know, it's the same industry or not. It definitely still took moments and things they learned with them from that. So. I was laughing because you definitely had to learn how to apologize and get make, you know, because there would be like typo in an ad or like some, some ad would run on the wrong page or, you know, something. Uh, one time we had a, a spelling error on the cover, which I will not forget. Um, it was the word forgotten. <laughs> and it was actually, it was nine 11. We did the whole cover in black mm. and white and it happened at night it was on a Tuesday night and we were sitting there like we should just not put the paper out like let's not because everything that's in the paper is going to seem ridiculous when this is so right. sad and heavy and so we just decided like the best thing we could do we made the whole cover like black and white and wrote you know like you won't be forgotten or something but you know we spelled forgotten wrong so it was the moment of you know we, we tried our best to like you know, we weren't a daily paper and we couldn't do coverage right. and we were, you know, but we tried to like, you know, pay honor to everybody. And yeah, I think it's one of those things you always remember where you were. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, definitely. You know, being in sales definitely uh, 
has given me thick skin, so to speak. I, uh, it's funny too, because I, I'm, <laughs> you know, you, you say you, you make it right or, you know, I'm dealing with an issue right now with my car. Um, and then I'll let you go. Um, so the, my car, the only way you can start the vehicle remotely is with a, with your phone. It's, it's through an app, which is cool, right? Yeah. Um, but also not because, um, you know, if the app is not working, you know, you can't start your car. Um, it's, there's nothing on the key fob. So <clears throat> when I was getting the car, they said, oh, yeah, you need this app. You need a subscription to this this the service. And I'm like, you need a subscription? They're like, yeah, but, you know, you'll have it for the length of your lease. I said, okay, cool. I'm not worried about it then. So a year goes by in my lease and the app stops working. And this is like December 23rd. So it's the coldest time of year. Really cold. Coldest time of year. And I feel like such an asshole, right? Because like, I'm like, oh, I can't start my car from inside of my house. I have to go out like a peasant and start (laughs) my car. (laughs) But um, so I called the dealership. I'm like, listen, like I'm trying to get answers. Now I'm going on a little over two weeks. And you know, I, I, I preface the whole conversation with I'm in sales. I've been in sales for a long time. Not because I'm trying to say like I'm anybody. I didn't even say the company I worked for, but I was letting them know that like, I know the game. And this guy asks me a question and it kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm, I'm in the, when I'm as a salesperson, like if I say something, and it doesn't happen, I'll make it right. Well, I feel like this guy's trying to like just, you know, kind of work around what happened. And he goes, Well, if when you bought the car and we told you it was only going to be a year that you got this, you know, you have the subscription, would you still have bought it? And I'm like, All right, guy, I understand what you're trying to do. You want me to say, No, it wouldn't have mattered. And then you can say, Well, then why are we even having this discussion? It's like, I'm like, that's not the point, mister. The point is you told me I'd have it for three years. I don't have it right now. It's the coldest time of year. We've had, you know, two snowfalls. And I'm like, I just, I want you to make it right. <laughs> that's what I want you to do right now. Is just make it right. I still can't start my car with my, my phone though. Oh no, <laughs> John. I, if I don't get a phone call tomorrow, I'm going to get really mad. It's, but. and that is the one thing you learned, right? That like you... I mean, if I, I already felt like if I did something ever wrong, like my parents were like, you know, you got to apologize. I remember them making me like apologize for things like that, you know, you you felt bad when you were a kid, like you did something stupid. And my parents were those parents that would like make you go over and knock on the door. And, you know, so I always feel like that was, you know, how I grew up. But I feel like once you're in that other side of the business and you, you just always then you realize like how, how much an apology means right? because you can't always fix everything. Sometimes it's too late. You know, the issue's out, the something's passed, the date's passed, you know, you missed something that you were supposed to do, but you can always be sincere and, yeah. and do something like you, you might not be able to fix it exactly. But I think if you're like sincerely sorry and you try your best. Yeah. That's why I actually left the weekender when I did um there was new ownership and it was every single week 
I was saying sorry because like the production moved out of you know out of in-house mm-hmm. every week and it's people that I were I I have built you know trust in relationships with over like nine years or whatever it was every week I'm like hey uh, sorry so and so the ad that you paid color for ran black and white next week I'll give you a free color and then the next week comes it runs wrong again sorry, Mr. Advertiser, uh, you paid for, I told you I'd give you a free color for your half page ad. I'll give you a full page ad next week. You know, it was in it's every week, just wrong time after time after time. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. No, I'm not going to let you ruin the reputation that I've built for. Right. And you have to believe, I mean, you have to believe in what it was kind of like when you said before that you're always selling something, even if it's just yourself, right? But you have to believe in whatever it is you're selling. Like you have to believe that it's good. You have to, I mean, if not, I mean, I'm sure there are people who sell things or, you know, do things that they don't, but I think that then you're not happy. Like, I think you've got to, you've got to have your heart in it. So. Well, I hope your car gets fixed. I want to, you know, I want to recap on your next <laughs> podcast. Whoever you interview next, you have I'll to start a, it out with. I'll give you a shout out. My car, yeah. My car runs. Like, I mean, like I said, I feel like I'm such an asshole. Like, like this dickhead is out there complaining he can't start his car on his phone. Like, but know, it should work. I know. I, I mean, I, you know, I pay for it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I feel like an asshole even talking about it, but. That's why I say to the guys I'm talking, I'm like, listen, I feel like an asshole. And if it was summertime, I probably wouldn't care. Yeah. But you know what? what? <laughs> I'm in my shorts and I have to go outside to start my car. <laughs> Not happy. All right. So what we have to end on a happy note. What was Lincoln's best gift for the holiday? What was his big or not even a gift? Like what was like, did Santa like, did he write a letter? Like what was? Uh, if you ask, and I if loved you, your family picture, your new family picture that you posted. It just made me like tear up. It was uh, really thank cool. You. Um, if you ask him, he'll tell you his fire truck. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite moments, because this is this he's he just turned three, so he kind of like gets it now. Like, and we were at my mom's for Christmas Eve. Uh, don't tell the government, but we did travel. Um my mom lives in Pennsylvania. She lives half hour away. Um, but he opened up, he, he loves dinosaurs. Like he's obsessed with dinosaurs. He knows how to say dinosaurs names that I never even knew existed. And if you, if you put the word in front of me, I still couldn't say it right. And he's saying them, but he got this dinosaur gift and you know, he had more presents to open, but he kept holding on to this, this gift he got. Like he's like, it was like his favorite he, he couldn't let it out of his sight. And I remember like when I was young, you know, just getting that, that gift that you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is mine. Like, this is the greatest gift ever. Like, I don't even care about the other gifts. Like I obviously want to open it, but like, I can't let this out of my sight. Uh, so for me uh, this year, that was, that was like, I think I probably teared up a little bit just uh, seeing that just, I mean, he was such a good kid um, opening his gifts and, you know, he wasn't, you know, going out of turn because, I was with my mom and um, his his cousin and my brother and his wife. <clears throat> but he was, he was just a good kid. Well, you're doing a good job. I mean, that's John Popko. I have to say, if you can bring another good person into the world and make them good and kind and fair, that's you know, that's important. 
it's probably, you know, more important than, than most things, you know, if you, if you could either be a good person or you could teach a person to be good or, you know. Yeah. And keep sharing your family. Cause it's, it's, I love seeing it. You know, it's, it's, I'm at the point in my life where I'm so happy seeing other people happy. Not that I never was, but it just, it's different. I mean, when I was younger, you know, I, I just, I wanted to be the best and I wanted to, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I'm just so happy when I see other people happy. So I'm happy. You're happy. I'm happy. You're doing well. And, um, yeah. Well, you gave me a really good reason to like get in touch with people who I haven't, I mean, Joe is like one of my best friends. He's in best man in our wedding, but like we text and stuff and he and Matt are always texting about like sports or news or whatever. But I texted him and I'm like, okay, can you, can you do a phone call? Cause I need to like clarify Cause he's seriously like has a photographic memory. And then I was like, Oh, I got to call Shelb. And then I was, I was calling Rachel. Cause she, you know, she hasn't been here yet. And then I don't know, like I was calling my roommates, Franny and Kathy. I was like, Kathy Keir. I'm like asking everybody who was in any way. Like I was like trying to like, I was pestering people, but I think it was great because it may, I mean, that's a cool thing is that like, it made me like Shelb and I haven't talked probably I mean, Rachel and I, when we were on at mini dental school in Colorado, we saw her, which was crazy. Right. And, but we, to be at mini dental school was crazy, but I mean, we, we, um, you like sort of, you lose touch, like you see each other with social media or you might text, you know, you have a question or, you know, you need my other friend moved to Colorado and I was like, Hey, Shelb, can you, you know, meet my friend Bond for dinner? Cause she's new out there. But like, you don't talk to somebody. We talked for like probably way longer than her husband, Jules, <laughs> like we were on the phone and uh, like probably like three hours. So I think it's great because you, it's a great reason to like reconnect with people that you really care about and who yeah. you had a special time in your life with. Yeah. This is, this has been great. And I'm glad that um, it's kind of been the same for, you know, you and people that are also involved. So it okay. makes me happy. Thanks. So, well, on glad that note, it wasn't on a Tuesday night, John. I'm glad it wasn't on. I still get the shakes from Deadline <laughs> Tuesday night. I still get the shakes. Yeah. That was crazy. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks. This has been fun. Yeah, definitely. I'll be watching and we'll tag a lot of people and I'll send you the pictures. Yes, please. I, I want the, I want a good picture of that uh, swimsuit um, <laughs> so I can send it to Megan, Megan Rollins is probably going to kill me. <laughs> Megan Tomieski, she's probably like, I thought that cover was gone. You know, I have to say for all the Halloween parties that I had over the years, I have like gigantic posters of pictures in my closet. And every year I pull them out and I will seriously text people. I'll be like, hey, I was going to put this picture up, but it's from like you know, 1995, like, can I put a picture of you dressed like a Hooters waitress? <laughs> like, and Rachel will say, sure. But like, I, you know, it's like, I won't put anybody's pictures up ever without like asking them because there was no social media then. So you yeah. got to respect that. Like people weren't signing on to like, yes, I want my picture, you know, in a bikini. <laughs> oh, so I'm sorry, Megan. <laughs> it's, it'll be all right. Well, it's actually, my battery, my battery is going to die. So. <laughs> Have a good night, John. Uh, you too. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Bye. See you. Bye. See you. See you.